I've ever written on one of the movies we've covered, weirdly enough, on Bad Boys 2. I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know well, why. Not a lot. A lot. Not a lot. It, it, it strikes to the heart of who you are morally, I think. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, it's just me. That's... You're, how do you, how you react to Bad Boys 2? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It is like, I guess it is like a great interest, a fascinating Rorschach plot. Like, how comfortable you are with. The proceedings of the two and a half hours of Bad Boys Wait, Two. What's the name of the uh, Blade Runner test that determines whether or not you're a human? Yeah, yeah, I think the yeah, the, like the opening of Blade Runner with <laughs> with a uh, Brian James and like that um that scientist guy. The test that Ryan Gosling has to take. Remember that one from Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's what we had to do. After you watch Blade Bad Boys Two, just to kind of show who you are. you're sent to jail immediately if you answer the wrong answer, if you go the wrong way. Basically, where's the spark? Where's the spark? <laughs> yeah, spark. All the cube. the cube. It's got like, why does it have like ten names? Different movie, spark, but cube. I was like, spark. so is the cube and the all spark the same thing? It took me twenty five minutes to figure it out. <laughs> I get. I think like this cube contains the all spark. I don't for a movie care. So, I don't know. for a movie so like lowest common denominator, I found I the second time I ever saw it is so confusing. Too much lore. Too too, mu- too much lore. Too much lore. Ugh. Anyway, hello and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. I'm Patrick. Optimus Prime. What? Optimus <laughs> Prime? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I can't see him. It's just There's just a tree. He's hiding behind a tree. He's just hiding. <laughs> that might be my least favorite scene in movie history. We'll get to it. Yeah. It just a moment here. <laughs> the in that movie is are is giant, very easy to see robots. Doing like, walk playing hide and seek bullshit. Poor Kevin Dunn has to act like the dumbest man in the world. We'll get to it. Welcome uh, to the Academy and welcome to part one of a new series. A natural series. Mm-hmm. Both uh, an extension of the world of propaganda films and the world of Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson. Of course, we're talking about the vulgar auteur, the further adventures of Michael Bay. And if there ever was an, a director who whose career could be deemed an adventure, it's probably Michael Bay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this week we'll be talking about three... Um... Boy, sometimes in the Academy Academy, we, we get into it. Sophie's uh, Choice, yeah. Dog Day Afternoon, Out of Africa, the, Out of Africa, the films of Christian Petzold. In some weeks, we're talking about fucking Transformers. <laughs> yes, yeah, sometimes we are we are uh, we are pushing the boundaries of cinema. We're talking Hong Sang Soo. We're t- we're talking the, Abel Ferreira. The 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 intricate and conflicting feelings of the film of William Friedkin's Cruising. And some weeks it's Will Smith just demanding 
Martin Lawrence shoot more people in the no near the, the near avant-garde Bad Boys 2. <laughs> like, yeah, William Will Smith, William Sir William Smith uh playing a I can convinced he is like an interdimensional imp in the he's like a mixer <laughs> Mr. Mixtapidilic. Like sent sent to torture Miami. <laughs> He he he! You half expect him to just take off the mask and be revealed as Al Pacino in Devil's Advocate. Yes. Fire, just fire comes up. Bill Zabub, Bill Zabub, Bill Zabub, <laughs> Bill Zabub. Yeah. <laughs> so we're Zebulon Bub. We are going knee deep, neck deep. Into the early 2000s, the post 9-11 world of cinema in which anything was possible. <laughs> yeah, anything, 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 Any- nothing, nothing. You could, if you thought it, you could just put it on screen, baby. Yeah, and moral consequences, be damned. <laughs> yeah. Be Wait, damned. This is, yeah, I think I've brought this up before, but this was like the era, I'd say from... There was this era from maybe like 1999 to I think the Hangover Three kind of marks the end of this era for me. I would say, <laughs> where like we thought, uh, specifically white men thought that we've solved every like racial, gender, like all this stuff was solved, which gave us like carte blanche to joke about it as much as possible. So now we can we can behave fashion. we can behave like the Tony Scott hire video. Just all the time. Yes. That... Yeah, that was that may have been in the mix too. Lesser known version of like dudes just like, well, I guess we've got the run of things. We solved everything. Capitalism's working in our favor. Racism's over. Um, we, we just can pretend feminism never happened. Yeah, we can just be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we can just, it's all good. It's all fixed so we can make fun of it. We can poke light. It's fine. Poke light and then just kind of still participate in all of the behaviors as before. Also, well, like, symbolized too by globetrotting in illegal wars. Ooh. There, it got yes. heavy. There, it got heavy again. Yes. <laughs> Mamma mia. Mamma mia. Oh, that was last week. That's how oh, yeah, Gucci. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Man, it would have been great. I would have loved to have seen Paolo appear in Transformers. Oh, like, oh, I. What if he just was like really, really hoping to go to the island? That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's Paolo right there. I, I just want to win the lottery to get to the island. <laughs> At the sheet. Oh, it's a shit. It's a shit. The shit. So this week we're covering 2003's Bad Boys 2, 2005's The Island, 2007's Transformers, all directed by Michael Bay somehow in two-year increments. It's insane. Like, gigantic productions. Like It is, like, impressive. You have to be impressed. The work ethic is there. The work ethic is there. Regardless of whatever he's working towards the work ethic yeah. is there uh bad boys to the island and transformers uh surprisingly enough i had to rent all of these mm. like i didn't find them on any streaming services currently um they seem like they should be on one of them yeah. i recently subscribed to paramount plus so i could watch all of the mission impossible movies mm-hmm because uh, it was actually cheaper to do one month of Paramount Plus than it was <laughs> hey, <they're catching laughs> to rent them. Indiv- 
Yeah, and Tulsa King is just sitting there waiting for me. Mm, yes. But uh, these can all be rented on the regular services. They're also all very readily, readily available on disc. So to cut back in time a bit, Michael Benjamin Bay, born February 17th, 1965, making him 58 years of young. He was born Michael in Los ben- Angeles, California. I was going to call him Michael Beverly Bay. I was going to call him Michael Benjamin Button Bay. Benjamin Button Bay. I mean, look at him. He's getting younger. Like, if you've seen photos of him lately, (laughs) weird haircut. Got handed to him. Weird haircut. He's buttoning. It's fine. Yeah. He's He's pulling a button. That's like when when you're 58 and you're never been married and no kids. Yeah. You You know, you've got a lot of time to get weird with it, man. (laughs) Drive, drive cars. Yeah, what Michael Bay does in his spare time and blow up things. He he lives in a Michael Bay movie. He goes yeah. to clubs. There are babes about. He drives cars fast around. He probably tells like really sophomoric jokes at the expense of lesser people. <laughs> yes, I feel like uh, Aerosmith is always playing in the background. Somewhere. Always, it's either he's either like rocking out to like a POD song. Or it's like he's reflecting and like Faith Hill or Aerosmith are playing. Yes. Much to think about. Michael Bay. um, So there's an interesting rumor about Michael Bay that uh, he is debunked, but I still enjoy it. So Michael Bay was adoptive as a kid. He uh, his adoptive parents, Harriet, a bookstore owner and child psychiatrist and Jim, a CPA. He was raised Jewish. There was a rumor for a very, very long time that his biological father was John Frankenheimer, the... <laughs> which had to be debunked by Bay himself. Yeah, that's but neat rumor nonetheless. <laughs> like... I think cool. Like, I yeah. just, if I found out my dad directed Ronin, all of it makes sense too, considering Frankenheimer is an early forefather of the whiz bang crash boom era of filmmaking yeah he is kind of like the rude son he's kind of doing it his own way he's like yeah uh, yeah yeah and he's kind of disappointed but he's kind of like i taught him it's like where did you learn about this dad i learned it from you like (laughs) 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 you'll drug ads (laughs) so um Bay um, grew up in the Los Angeles area. He attended the exclusive Crossroads School in Santa Monica, California, the, one of the fancier private schools Ooh, around. Blue. Ooh, wow, wow, we wow. Did you know when he was 15, he worked for George Lucas, filing storyboards for Raiders of the Lost Ark? Wow. Simil- hey, similar-, similar to David Fincher. Yeah. yeah, well, and also similar, I feel like George Lucas is also a guy that uh, doesn't, number one, doesn't understand relationships at all. Yeah. And then number two, huge carsman. Yeah, huge yeah. cars and toysmen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> toysmen. <laughs> toysmen, is that word? <laughs> the, the toysmen. Bay believed upon reviewing the storyboards for Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was going to be a terrible flop. That rolls. Uh, changed his opinion when he saw it. He was like, "Wow, that was pretty good. I'm going to become a film director." Yeah, <laughs> that no, was kind of it. That is a great turn of face, but I do love the idea of like he just looking at the storyboards. He's like, "What? Where's the? Where are the cars?" Where's yeah, the... Uh, not enough babes. Yeah, <laughs> where, where's the witty? Where's the witty banter? Yeah, well, yeah. No, this is funny. We'll talk yeah. about what's funny to me in a little bit. <laughs> um, Michael Bay 
went to Wesleyan University. Mm. Uh, cool. Yeah, that would have been a neat school to go to. Yeah. Uh, ma- ma- majored in English and film. Uh, I was a fraternity member while there, and for graduate <laughs> work. Not shocking. Shocking. Yeah, shocking. Um, for graduate work, he went to the Arts Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, where he also studied film. Uh, pretty much right out of school, he began working at Propaganda Films. As we make many of our many of our filmmakers we've covered have. Yep. Um he directed a bunch of commercials. Probably his most famous commercial is that uh he did the in ninety three he did the Aaron Burr Got Milk ad. Oh yeah, uh, that's which you know cl- pretty. Is that that the is that the one where um actually I don't know if I know that one. I don't know. Maybe uh, I, I know maybe it. it's a little bit before your time. So um basically it's um the guy's trying to I think he's in um like a full body cast and he's listening to trivia on the radio. Yeah. And he like had a cookie. And he's trying to say who shot out. Al- the question is who shot Alexander Hamilton, and he can't say it because he's got his mouth full. Emba, Emba. <laughs> and if he had some milk to wash down that delicious chocolate chip cookie, he would have been able to answer this trivia question appropriately. Also, you know, another subtle, you know, aspect. If he had drank more milk uh, as a as a youth, probably wouldn't have broken every bone in his body. That's true as well, boy. That that, uh, that makes you think, doesn't it? Move, move over Tarkovsky. <laughs> yeah, move over Tarkovsky. <laughs> uh, you know, and Bay is like, I mean, you name it, like nonstop, like Budweiser, Reebok, Nike, Victoria's Secret, Lexus. Yeah. He's done it all. Like, yeah. oh, he, has he no is. Qualms. Well, because he's an adsman. Like if they're, you know, I mean, like these are advertisements. Whether it's an advertisement for the troops or America in general, or her juvenile masculine behavior, that's what of, all of this is. He is kind of like this, like warped, like version of Ridley Scott. It feels like in a way, like he feels like kind of like has some of those same imp- like no. It's kind of like if Ridley Scott or had like way less like impulse control. Mm-hmm. And like, just was like, because I feel like they both kind of share the same like, I'll do any of this stuff. I don't care. Like, I have no qualms with like they're they they both kind of have a mercenary, uh, air to them to a mm-hmm. certain degree. Well, I think Bay is like the natural regression from the Scott brothers. Oh yeah, exactly. like a combo of both of them. Like especially yeah. Tony, because Tony's doing similar things to Bay, but Tony's doing it in this very like it feels like it's coming from like his like soul in a weird yeah. way There's whereas a... bay it's coming from his like a little bit lower on the body oh yeah than little, the soul yeah <laughs> like we'll put it that way different organ but uh well and it's just so funny that you bring up Tony Scott too because you, you watch bad boys too you can't help like the first movie that comes to mind when i'm watching it is last boy scout yeah very similar but very similar in terms of its nihilism and bad bad behavior but i think last boy scout like recognizes it and makes them kind of losers yeah no i think yeah there's so much more last boy scout is so much more self-aware and so yeah just, like yeah, bad boys 2 does all the same things but celebrates it 
Yes. It is like what Adam McKay parodies in the other guys. Like, yeah. Yeah, full, exactly. Full stop. A hundred percent. Like, yeah. it is like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's like this. Yeah. Like, uh, but we. This is like a natural trail, and I think these propaganda guys, because they, like, I think, like, an if you're, like, start off as, like, an ad or a music video person, and this goes back to the Scott brothers in, like, the 80s, like, Adrian Lyons and Alan Parker's of the RSA Associates, too, you you're basically are faced with, like, two routes. I feel guilt about my state, my place within commerce, so I'm going to become, like, totally self-serious and an auteur like David Fincher. Or you just lean in and you love shooting Victoria's Secret ads and like I'm just going to go with the rest of the fall of all of the the fall of society. I will just like ride like I'm on a like a huge gigantic wave. Yeah. Like, you're, you're like Michael Bay. And Dr. Strangelove. You're like you yeah. Know what? Yeah. Yeehaw. Yeah, and poor like Antoine Fuqua was like right in the middle where he can't kind of decide which one he wants to be. Hard. Yeah, he is. He's trying it all. He's he's it trying out. it all to. Yeah, he's like, am I gonna do like Equalizer three or Emancipation? Might not both. I, might not both. Yeah, and it's like, but even David Fincher, it's like he can't help himself. He still has to do like. The, like he's gonna make them as self serious as possible, but he still has to make like Girl with the Dragon tattoo. Like he still has to like yeah, he's still a sicko who wants to like show like gross crazy stuff. I mean like that's like this. It's it's really interesting, and I think Michael Bay is like because watching Transformers, I couldn't help but think about the basically like at least Bad Boys Two is so are like gleefully R rated. But now he turns and he's to put this entire like just like bland, lame, lack of depth commercialism mm-hmm. into children's films, which I think begets the Marvel movies. Hundred percent. It felt like because the Transformers felt like a Marvel movie. I think it felt like, although. God, I don't know. We'll talk about it when. Uh, well, I think like it felt like um. So the Marvel movies are so controlled. Like Feige has a real like, mm-hmm. we'll call it quality control. You can decide what you feel about the word quality, um, <laughs> but a quality control, like a uniform spirit to it. But like, if Michael Bay was given the Marvel movies, they would be Transformers. Yes, a hundred percent. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. And in the same vein that like Zack Snyder being given the DC movies ended up being like Zack Snyder movies. Yeah, well, Michael Bay, just his spice is so strong. Like, it is so fascinating. One thing that watching all three of these movies is they were so clearly, like, products of their respective time periods. Yeah. No matter, yeah. even though they're, like, slight, like, it's only like, two, it's so funny how, like, it's only, like, there's only two or three year changes in between each film, but they all still feel like they're from uniquely different eras, almost, in a weird way. Bad Boys 2 feels like the, like, final 90s movie. Almost. Yes. Like if we talked about it with like Gone in sixty seconds and um that ep- what that episode of um was it Gone in sixty seconds, Coyote Ugly and uh Titans. Yeah. Remember the Titans. Like if the that the into the world of Pirates of the Caribbean, it's the same way Bad Boys Two into the world of Transformers. Yes. 
And because in the nineties, it was like, you know, we're still coming off of Don Simpson. We're still coming off of the eighties. And like, and, and also like nothing's wrong. Like America's yeah. never going to be, it's all, we fixed everything. We're fixed. It's done. Well, that, that was like, okay. So that was like the biggest thing. When the Berlin wall fell, we're going all the way back to that. <laughs> Christian Petzl connection. When the totally Berlin not, wall fell. Totally in our podcast. Politicians. So there's this really excellent book called The Reactionary Mind by Dr. Corey Robin, in which he charts the world of reactionary and conservative mindset in America. When the Berlin wall fell and basically communism fell, we are out of enemies. Everything was fine. It was the Clinton era. Everything was like, that's why I went back to morality. Yeah. And like culture. That's, well, that's, yeah, the that, cult, that's... Which is what's happening now, too, because yeah. we're out of enemies. Uh, because the war on terror is over. They are basically like, the conservatives have no idea how to win anymore because fear is the only way to win. Yeah. If you're, if you're, by conservative so they're waiting and waiting and waiting until 2001 in which and thus like all the action movies are like we're just kind of floundering morally <laughs> like you know it's like all over the place but the second the war on terror starts we head into transformers zone in which we have something to fight against the decepticons are terrorists <laughs> you know and bay has a but like that's why it's like movies like armageddon and pearl harbor feel like old school raw raw americanism too mm. because we have nothing left we don't know who to fight so we gotta fight a big rock or yeah, we gotta go back in time you know but we yeah, must we, fight the troops must fight or else what do we do yeah we have to fight we have to fight a big rock we have to fight a, a weather pattern like it is just like yeah, mm-hmm. there's total. Yeah, and that's why so many like alien movies were emerging and stuff like that. We needed another. I will tell you too the best, the most interesting movie about American um, treatment of international figures and like rampaging all over the place in the Just Resort, Eli Roth's Hostel. It's like the one of the more interesting um, criticisms of American adventurism. Yeah, that is a movie that is. Um... That's a bit. That's a solid fuck around and find out, Phil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so speaking of fucking around and find out, um, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer saw all these commercials and music videos that Young Mister Bay was creating. They're like, this guy, I like the cut of his jib. He seems yeah. like he seems like my kind of guy. He's <laughs> like, like a fun hang. <laughs> seems like our kind of dude. And <laughs> God. <laughs> So as you go back to it, because we covered it previously, his first film as a f- feature filmmaker was, you know, some guys show up and make a slacker or a clerks, mm-hmm. El Mariachi, yeah. to get their start in the biz. Piranha 2, even with James Cameron. Mm-hmm. Some guys get to do Make Bad Boys 1 as their first movie. <laughs> that is, like, an impressive feat. Like, the fact that, like, Bad Boys 1 was his, like... Calling it Bad Boys One. Uh, that Bad Boys was his first feature film, and it is as competently shot and uh, viscerally entertaining as it is. Super impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. Um, and his style's there from the start. We've mm-hmm. talked about it. 
on the Bad Boys episode. It's oh yeah, whirling widescreen camera, that kind of burnt orange brown color scheme, kind of like a um, modern sepia, muscle bound dudes, <laughs> model esque ba- <laughs> models only for babes, um, <laughs> hunks and punks. Fast cars, big houses, nightclubs, explosions upon explosions upon explosions. A devil may care attitude toward said explosions. Devil may care attitude toward um <laughs> conventional morality. An utter an utter lack of empathy, uh bordering on sociopathy. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) but so like childish, you just feel it's like, oh, it's just kind of the spirit of a uneducated 13 year old boy. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Rather than a monstrous 40 year old man. (laughs) It reminds me of, um, (laughs) did you ever read Nosferatu by Joe Hill? I know. Uh, There's a part in that book where um, there's like a place where like uh, this evil guy like takes children and in that place, like. It uh, he like makes the children like it's like it, 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 it like kind of like uh, he's like oh this place will make you innocent, but then what the book does is it equates like innocence with like a lack of understanding of good and evil, and so kids will like you know pull like the wings off of butterflies and be oh, like geez. oh this is funny or whatever, and it's like a little bit of that. It's like a a nice little benign bit. version of that. Yeah, like, little <laughs> bit. Yeah, I mean I know and, and the critics and we'll get into the critics a little bit. They all. Did not feel it was nice or benign. They felt it was a true um, affront to polite society. Great. Like, Honestly, yeah. They did. Didn't matter, though. Michael Bay does not give a shit about no. any of them. No, Again, good just... good for him. He, uh, he has swag to spare. When it comes to his own self-confidence. Yeah, he's hanging out on, like, a fucking boathouse somewhere right now. Yeah, I mean, like, Bad Boys, the Bad Boys films are, like, his ideal. He lives in Miami. Like, it's not a great stretch to think he is, like, he might be the most Florida filmmaker, too. That is, like... Despite being born in Los Angeles. He is the most Florida filmmaker. He is the most car dealership filmmaker. He is a car guy. He is just like he is like a he his soul is the soul of a dude that owns like you know north central Houston Nissan. Like he, that is just him spiritually. Guns, the... guns, toys, babes, the boys, the troops. The these are his the brewskis. These are his these are his uh this is his bread and butter and yeah, hey. Uh, does this bar have a, an American flag in it? No, it doesn't. Well, I guess I'm leaving. Yeah, I know. Not my kind of place. I like to live. <laughs> I, 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 I like to live, like as an American kind of guy. Yeah. So I'm not feeling this is not cut it for me. Even though Michael French. Michael Michael Bay hasn't been to a real dive bar in 35 years. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. Even. Can he land his can he land his private helicopter there? Then he's not going. <laughs> he's very successful. <laughs> he lives above it all. Um 
makes Bad Boys, 95. The Rock, 96. He makes Armageddon in 98. And Pearl Harbor in 2001. Now, we've covered all four of these films on previous episodes. Three out of the four were utter smashes. Pearl Harbor did well enough, but it was a critical disaster. Mm -hmm. Like... You could go back and listen to that episode of Patrick and I's thoughts. We were not in love with Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's a rough one, and it's it's long. It's just a turgid film. Yeah, I think, and I think we've been fair. We've been pretty fair to Mister Bay because we both loved The Rock. We surprisingly loved Armageddon. Like yeah. I didn't see that coming, but we loved it. Uh, Bad Boys. I think we admitted some of its flaws, but we en- we enjoyed it. So, we're not haters. No. Like, Just preface uh, that going into the today's app. Uh, yeah, you might need a little. <laughs> yeah. <we're... laughs> uh, but there were haters. Um, let's let's. Uh, despite his box office success, Bay's work has been poorly received by film mm-hmm. critics. His name is often used pejoratively in art house circles i think now marvel has replaced bay in that broad sweeping what's wrong with movies Mm -hmm. but for most of the 90s certainly into the early 2000s he was on the tip of every art house snob's tongue of everything that is wrong yeah he was the number one like he was like the most hated director for quite a long time. Yes. Yeah. Um, his response to critics was, I make movies for teenage boys. Oh dear, what a crime. Yeah. Good on I mean, him. Is, Good yeah. on him. Yeah. You know what? He, <laughs> at the very least, he knows him. Like, he, know, he knows himself. Like, that's like a good, like, he understands, like, what he, he, he's not like trying to, like, I guess like Pearl Harbor was him trying to get out of that box. And I know, and it didn't fit. Yeah, didn't fit, and he's never yeah. been back. And he's yeah. correct, ne- never to have. Um, <laughs> besides accusing him of making films a pander to young demographic critics and audiences, have been critical of elements of based filmmaking style such as his overuse of Dutch angles, extreme patriotism, overly broad and sophomoric humor, excessive product placement, oversaturated orange and teal color grading, reusing footage from his previous films, and his preference of action and spectacle over story and characters. Do all of those things occur in all three movies today? Every single one of them. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Is 100%. Is it like, are all those things necessarily bad things? Like, you know, I like an action sequence. Sometimes you gotta, like, we're still talking about transit on our text messages from the Christian Petzold episode. It's a movie that's where it worms your way into your your head and so lots to think on, lots to chew on. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta have a hamburger. Yeah. Folks. Sometimes you gotta gotta have like, uh, you know, like that Panda Garden orange chicken slop. You gotta have like, yeah, you gotta have a hamburger, gotta have a hot dog. Um, And Michael Bay has really cried himself to sleep. As of um, 2016, his net worth is around $500 million. Jesus Christ. He owns a Gulfstream jet as well as a Bentley, Range Rover, Escalade, Ferrari, Lambo, and the two Camaros from Transformers. 
this this sucks. I don't I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I, that. Now I don't like him as much. That's, <laughs> too much. Like, it's like it's one thing if he's like he should be successful, but that's you shouldn't be rewarded that much for this. This isn't just he. He is uh, he's doing fine. Yeah, this feels like spiritually wrong. All this. Um, <laughs> and this could be one of the reasons why um. Some people are troubled by by him. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like he. Yeah, it's funny because like there is like a part of me like I I left these three movies. I watched these three movies in like as rapid a succession as you can watch these three movies because they're all these are chunky boys. These are all over two hours. Um, <laughs> these are way too long. Every single one of them. Oh, totally. Like someone. Call Michael Bay and he, my man needs an editor, but uh, or an editor that will like put up with his shit. Perhaps maybe that's the best, better way of saying that, phrasing that. But uh, but he's but, only like, gonna hire people who think he's awesome. Yeah, like you know, like, people that will chill in the boathouse with him. People that will like uh, you know, rock out to uh, love in an elevator or whatever the fuck. Yeah, whatever the fuck. <laughs> I don't give a shit. All these horrible, you know. Who's to who's to, who's to say? Yeah, yeah. it's. Yeah. <laughs> I need someone who's like his favorite. Your favorite band must be Winger. If you're gonna edit my film. Yeah, and um, I mean, he, you know, he's been just like shockingly untalented. Is what some of these critics have called him. I don't think. Yeah, See, and like, I disagree. But I disagree with that. Yeah, I, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I did leave these three movies. What I was trying to say is, I did leave these three movies with like some respect for him like he does like love him or hate him like like everything for the most part transformers is when things start to go a little haywire but like uh, is there a guy that shoots a better action sequence in like hollywood or at least at that time that shot a better action sequence in hollywood than michael bay besides say james cameron or maybe michael mann like that's like he's he's in the running or steven spielberg who hired michael bay to make transformers yeah like it's 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 prickly it's it's there's there it's complicated yeah the world of michael bay oh for sure and it's like and it's and it's like and it's clear that like yeah because it's like you can't yeah there's talent that you can't deny at least on like a, t- a sheer technical level and a and in terms of just understanding how to create uh, a kinetic sequence yeah that will not yeah that doesn't like lose like um that you do not lose the interest in his movies for the most part are not boring yeah there are other things mm-hmm. but boring is not one of them so, as we mentioned, he's coming off of Pearl Harbor, which is kind of a hit because I think he thought um I think he thought he had Titanic on his hands. I think he thought yeah. he had like a crowd like a utter massive crowd pleaser combined box office smash combined with I think he we've mentioned it on the show. We thought I think him and Bruckheimer absolutely had meetings over cocktails in which and cigars in which they thought we're gonna win best picture. A hundred percent. Well, and it's yeah. like, you know, most success, one of the most successful directors in like America at the time. Yeah. You're making your swing for the, yeah. Why, why, who, why not? Why not think that? One of the few like household name 
directors. Yeah. Like identifiable at that level. So um, he would never admit it, but I do feel that um, he and Bruckheimer felt that a bit, that it didn't go as well. And so for his fifth movie, he returns to the Bad Boys franchise. It's kind of like a safe place yeah. in a way. Like it's a bit of a sure thing, especially because, oh, what a difference about the decade makes from 95 to 2003. By 2003, Will Smith is just about the biggest movie star in the entire world. He might be the world's most famous man. He is universally like his his what is his Q rating? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Like your likability at that point is um, ten out of ten. Everybody likes him. Every, there's like, nobody has nobody has any issues with him in two thousand three. Like he's like one of the few people that just everyone on Earth knows him. He could go yeah. to any place in the world, and they would know Will Smith. And there had been no weird personal life stuff at this point. <laughs> yes. There had been no slapping of Chris Rock at no this point. Yeah. I will tell you this, man. Now that we're a few years past that. Yeah. The weirdest, one of the weirdest things ever happened. Oh, deeply insane. Yeah, deeply insane. Watching, watching someone who had kept their facade up for 30 years crack on the biggest, like, outside the Super Bowl, the most watched thing on TV. Mm-hmm. Insane. It, it, it's super fascinating. It does feel like a... Because, like, I feel like at that level, most people learn how to... Either they uh, realize that they can get away with any anything and they self-immolate and it's not, like, a big deal like that. Or they, like, 100% know how to, like, keep everything under wraps. And to see that, like, you know, peek under the curtain for a brief moment, man. Just for a brief moment, all of his, like, anger and rage and pent-up everything that he has repressed to be the most famous likable guy for 30 oh. years all explode and crumble in one instant on one bad joke like man wild absolutely wild um but he's will smith is coming off of you know summer before this was men in black 2 Summer before that, he does Ali and gets his first Academy Award nomination. Um, wow. Smash hits. Just smash hits. He's Mr. Fourth of July as well. Um, you know, oh, yeah. his movies always come out that weekend or some point around there in July. I mean, he's the guy. Yeah. Simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Independence Day, the Men in Black. I mean, you name it. Like yeah. smash after smash. Um, Michael Bay has only got, I mean, The Rock, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, it's only gotten bigger, too. Uh, they're all riding high. And simultaneously, like, Martin Lawrence has had a wild time yeah, in the he... intervening years. <laughs> like, ups and downs for him. Yeah. Uh, still very hugely successful. Yeah, Bad, Boys, Bad Boys hit in the theaters. Even bigger hit on video. I mean, I mentioned on that episode, my friends and I, we watched that movie nonstop. We loved Bad Boys when oh, I was in is, middle school and high school. This is, like, this is like, yeah, this is like a movie for a sleepover, if there ever was one. And it's like yeah. the, the sleepover movie where it's like, okay, don't tell my parents I, I, I rented this. I got an R-rated movie. We're going to have, we're having a fun night tonight. So the relatively modest yet 
bombastic Bad Boys 1 is usurped by the utterly bombastic maximalism, beyond maximalism, of the 147-minute Bad Boys 2. Jesus Christ. Released July 18th of 2003. The budget was 130 30 million dollars this is like massive this film um they they seem to have destroyed most of miami and whatever and whatever whatever was standing in for cuba for the final sequence (laughs) like half of a sovereign nation is just utterly laid to waste by the end of the laid to waste every character point so will smith Martin Lawrence, they're, of course, Miami PD detectives Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett investigating drugs. The movie opens with a spectacularly insane sequence in which the leader of the SWAT team, played by Henry Rollins, of all people, which is like, I was like, nice, man. Love it. You love to see it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) he, like, leads his team in. We're like, where is Lowry and Burnett? Where are the bad boys? Well, turns out the meth dealer or is it meth ecstasy it's ecstasy that they're busting <laughs> the ecstasy dealers are also kkk members holding an insane um rally that is not um by any means inconspicuous you could no. see it from the fucking armageddon spaceship <laughs> like like an, like an optimus prime you could yeah. see this yeah like <laughs> like, rally. like optimus prime and guess who takes off KKK hoods and, like, robes to bust it. It's Will Smith and Martin Lawrence! The bad boys! Michael Shannon is one of the KKK guys. Oh. That was funny. And he, oh. he gets to do some funny stuff in this movie. I, I love that he was, like, Michael Bay's guy for a little bit. He was just one of, like, the people in his, like, Rolodex where it's like, oh, that's a fun actor so, I can use in certain ways. In defense of Michael Bay, Scarlett Johansson said... Michael Bay is a truly ambitious storyteller who celebrates character actors and leading men and women alike. Kind of right, Scarlett. He is ambitious, and he gives a lot of character actors really fun, juicy stuff to do. You get the sense that, like, being on a Michael Bay set is at least fun for the actors. Like, it really does feel like they get, it feels like there's so much, like... To to an extent. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Sometimes, sometimes not so well, but yeah. But at least, like at this point, maybe, maybe this point in time, it seems a little better. I think if you find a way, like I think that he's like because he encourages everything to be maximalist. Mm -hmm. These character actors really get to let their freak flag fly, like and gets like get to do funny stuff and they get juicy like cool because they usually get the exposition lines too so they have to like you realize that this is this that this is a asteroid the size of a chrysler building you know something yeah, like that you like, know like, or like this is my mom's restaurant you can't do that you can't, do you can't that find it you can't find ecstasy in my mom's restaurant uh, my uh, mom is by no means an ecstasy dealer who's leading this entire operation no way yeah it's this yeah i will yeah at the very least, you're going to get a clip for your reel. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. And they work with him a lot. I mean, Steve Buscemi's in a lot of Michael Bay movies. Michael yeah. Shannon's in a bunch of Michael Bay movies. Well, like that is, like, one of the fun things. Like, there's, like, even, like, lesser, like, was it that one actor, Brian Stepanek? 
or whatever step stepanic he's like the he's is the guy, guy who, like, the guy who always shows up that i like is glenn mousher the oh, uh, who always them. who always plays like a military guy yeah it, he's also uh jesse he's landry's dad in friday night lights <laughs> which <laughs> that i buy it um <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah it's like this is the endless um Pandora's box we've opened in trying to critically review Michael Bay's work. <laughs> the, yeah. There are positives, there are negatives. And so yeah. from the opening scene of this movie, like the level of slow motion, bullet time, weaving cameras, Will Smith really explicitly telling Martin Lawrence to shoot everyone mm-hmm. he possibly can. Just, yeah. He actively... I mean, and look, in the beginning, it's like, oh, I get it. They're like evil clansmen. Like, I'm yeah. like not as like, sure. like it, but yeah, we, even, yeah. Well, I mean, you can make an argument that maybe like even that's like a little much, but then like. Um, there are a lot of innocent bystanders in this movie. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing is getting it, car it, accidents that, are gunned down. Yeah, well, because like, that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't let up. He keeps, no. it keeps going. And it's just like, and he acts, he makes. He, he keeps gaslighting, I guess, I don't know if gaslighting is the right term, but he keeps being like, no, Martin Lawrence, you're the weird one for not wanting to kill everyone. Yeah, and Martin Lawrence, whose crisis, existential crisis in this movie, is not really got dug into too deeply. It's play for spoofs and goofs. Yeah, but, but he's in hell. But he's in he's, hell real, he's really dealing with stuff in a big, big way by dealing with the exceedingly insane Mike Lowry. Yes. Like... <laughs> All of their traits in the first one are taken like fucking 99. Like yeah. they were a 10 in the first one because they're big in the first one. Yeah. They're like a 99 in this one. Yeah. They're insane in this yeah. movie. Well, it's like they get like in the first like 20 minutes of the movie, Martin Lawrence gets shot in the ass and rendered impotent by his partner. Yeah. And it's all played for spoofs, which yes. it's like it's clearly hell for Marcus. Marcus does. I think you're absolutely. Marcus does need to get it. They need. They have a codependent relationship <laughs> that needs to really like. Yeah. Joe Pantoliano needs to like sit them down and say it's L- over. L- literally, Joe Pantoliano and Martin Lawrence cope with the uh, just the antipathy and mis- 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 misanthropic endeavors of Will Smith by uh, trying to find a, a religion that involves to, like dis- dissolving yeah. the self like getting rid of the ego like, yeah. I, I can't control the world I, I can only control myself like they've given they've given they, up yeah yeah it's it's they've accepted the chaos and destructive nature of their life by having this devil figure that they can't seem to get rid of so here's the other thing about Mike Lowry Mike Lowry seems richer, wealthier in this movie than he was in the first movie, which means he is doing this to shoot people. Think about that. Isn't that gross? That's insane. Oh, yeah. Also, by the way, he's 100% losing his house in the 2008 uh, housing crisis. It's but he's like driving a Ferrari in it's police nuts. car chases. It's unreal. They, and then he's like saying, "Like Martin, you got you because you act because you're so nervous around me. You accidentally shot my dashboard. You have to pay the 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 bill to fix my car." Evil, evil, really. Like 
gives me the uh, like makes me shake a bit. Yeah, no, thinking he's about like, it. He's like someone who a hundred percent uh will uh you know he's he is a soldier of fortune somewhere right now. Yeah, he got really really into like. Like he, yeah, because it like leads into that in the, the in the third act of this when they just go to Cuba, yeah, like just... outside of any juris federal jurisdiction whatsoever with a bunch of fucking operators, yeah, oh, like a because... bunch of like wraparound sunglasses psychos, yeah, basically committing like colonial war crimes for shits and giggles with I like know. yeah with like like yeah the plumbers or whatever, <laughs> like yeah. So this movie is evil, <laughs> like. I, what we're getting at this movie is like really evil like it's like watching like something to my, it does it's yeah it is tro to totally devoid of like, any like any questions whatsoever like and oddly enough the screenplay is by ron shelton and jerry stall who I are both like that. obviously ron shelton i mean white man can't jump i mean like yes. bull durham this jerry. is like a real deal like great writer well, and, uh, like a guy who also understands like the nuance of like class and race like you know what i mean like he's a little more like he he's he can write things that aren't like this like he, he... so which leads me to believe this is an outline of what happens in this movie is what their screenplay was and on set bay lawrence and smith just kind of did their thing i think michael bay is just like he goes up to an actor and he's like do you like what you think would be the most fucked up thing? I, I know, but it's like, sense. but it's like, it is. It, there's a cruelty, yes, to the humor and everything else. Of like, isn't this funny? Well, it's actually kind of like, if you want it, like, if you really turn your head off, it's like, wow, this is like incredible action sequences, incredible car chases, mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. But the second you begin, even the most minor of analysis on this movie, it kind of turns your stomach. Yeah, I wish that, like, I, I wish this movie was just, like, a series of three car chases. Like, I wish that, and like... No dialogue. No dialogue. Just, yeah, like, just pure action. Because you begin to feel like, so Joe Pantoliano is, again, their captain who, as Patrick mentioned, has completely turned to Buddhism <laughs> in this so film. So and as you're watching, you're like, man, I get this guy. He used yes. to work with these guys. Because, like, the rest, everyone. Because, like, Lawrence and Lowry and Burnett are like our focus characters, mm -hmm. but the but Henry Rollins and the SWAT team and um who are the who are the two guys Vargas Yul Vargas and Reyes yeah they're they're like they're Vasquez. yeah those guys are psychotic too oh they're all like insane yeah these are like and maybe maybe Michael Bay was ahead of the game in criticizing psychotic police departments. I doubt yeah. it. That's yeah. a good. So I'm giving him a lot of rope there. I mean, it'd be, it'd be like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I get. You know what? That is like a. I think there is a recurring, an undercurrent of a disrespect for authority in all of his works. Like you know, yeah. Down to like you know all the evil um, transformers being like police cars and military vehicles. Yeah, and like the um, there's that, and like the worst person in the Transformers movie is John Turturro. We'll get to that here <laughs> shortly so ostensibly the plot to bad boys 2 is that after this ecstasy bus we realize that there's a lot of drugs mm -hmm. coming in 
in a very interesting way. I do the coffin thing at the funeral home. I actually kind of dug. I thought Yeah. that was an interesting, Well, like, plot choice. And... yeah, he, he there's like a fun like he he does feel like a twelve year old kid that's like okay, what's like the most surprising fucked up way to like you know store Smuggle drugs. drugs, juggle drugs? Oh, let's like And dead carve bodies, open man. yeah, Yeah. very much yeah, very much like have you ever seen that onion video where it's like the Supreme Court uh thinks that like the death penalty isn't metal enough and it's all of them just like you know talking about how like it should be more badass and like should be That's like judge dread <laughs> yeah that's funny. Um, yeah so we find out it's kind of this intricate. There is, um, there's a Russian mob guy played by Peter Stormare who comes who comes to play he in rules this one. Maybe maybe not even necessary to this entire. Could have cut to the chase and not even had this character. no doesn't you don't need him he's not a he doesn't i love i love peter starbeller i and i Yeah, think me too. a, i like him in the movie a character that is totally superfluous To anything. and yeah and you'd save half an hour Yeah. You would save a half hour easily. He's kind of a front, though, for this other Cuban drug kingpin, Johnny Tapia, played by Jordi Molina, uh, Jordi, Jordi Mola, who's a Spanish actor, um, who is given the, like, he's a sports metaphor. He's given the ball. And has to do things with it. And he makes some choices. Like. He's having a fun time, I think. He Probably. decided to go as mustache twirly. As humanly <laughs> possible. In this role. hey, he's And. gonna be the wackiest man. Much like Jason Momoa in the new Fast and Furious movie. He, re he saw the job assignment. And like said let's go. Like. I am not going. Like. Sometimes you could be Philip Seymour Hoffman in Mission Possible 3 and play like a little more low key, and that's a scary choice. Scary fun choice. But when you're in Bad Boys 2, to the best option to distinguish yourself and make yourself memorable is to be as crazy as possible. And he he's like a Michael Bay car. He's up to 90 miles an hour. He's over 100 Yeah, miles an hour. he Like is. He's screaming. He's having some guy paint him in a mural as Jesus. There's, His there's. shirt is getting more and more unbuttoned as the sh as the film goes. He's got this like <laughs> crazy long hair. Like every, it's just uh, yeah, it's like the sort. remarkable he has gotten this far as a drunk kingpin because he is such a lunatic. Yeah, he is just yeah, just an insane. He's almost like yeah, Batman villain. Like, and I'm talking like a like Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Joel Schumacher Era, era Batman yeah. villain. Yeah, It's 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 terrific. It's a real highlight of the movie, yeah, his performance, yeah. and I have He's to like tip tip of the Michael Caine cap to him, you oh know. yeah, Um, Attaboy. attaboy. Um, meanwhile, we are introduced to new character DEA special agent Sydney Sid Burnett, Martin Lawrence's sister, played by Gabrielle Union, who at first we're not sure what her, what her deal is, but it turns out she's trying to bust Tapia and this drug ring from the DEA perspective. And the DEA seems to be her and a bunch of like scary-ass, like, tattooed-sleeved operator dudes. Like this Like, who dude. seem real. Who seem like real operator Oh dudes. yeah, like they are definitely guys that uh Bay met partying in Miami, and one of them regaled him with a story about how he like you know had to saw off a guy's head in like deepest Cambodia Yeah. or something, and like yeah, And and Bay, Michael Bay was and Bay, instead of being horrified, thought it was awesome. yeah, he was like, oh badass, cool, please Yeah. uh, join my You movie, ever hear that <laughs> yeah. story about... um? 
Tiger Woods training with seals. Yes, like, I have heard. That. Yeah, like how he like hurt his body irrevocably, <sighs> like his back and knees because he like at forty decided he would like had nothing else to do. He's so rich and so successful. All he could do to think about was becoming a part time operator, which seems to happen to a lot of these guys. Because I bet Bay has trained mm -hmm. with the seals too. Oh, a hundred percent. I think there's like a certain point, like once you make like a hundred million dollars, something clicks in your brain and you think you're like a superhero. Like you're like, Why can't I be Tony Stark? Why can't I be a troop? Why can't I like Yeah, you know, I saw James the other Bond? day that Spielberg bought a super yacht, one of those like mega yachts. And like if there's anyone who seems more like less out who seems less outdoorsy shirt on in the pool than Steven Spielberg, I'm not sure. Yeah. Who they might be. So what's he doing? What does he need? He's like writing what is a he... script in there. I know. He's not even going outside the Triangle yes. of Sadness yacht he bought. <laughs> like... No, he's not going outside. He is, you know, he is working on storyboards. He's doing... He's, he's like doing playing video work. games in the basement. Uh, like yeah, he would do he's... at home. Like yeah, he's, pl he's playing Croc 2 on his PlayStation. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, he's getting like Frogger, the original machine, installed. Because he thought it was oh, neat God. back in 1975. Yeah, like, that's like, so it's like, yeah, when you get to this level of like rich and wealthy and like be outside of it all, it's like this is this is clearly like people think it's crazy, but I don't think falling to hunting people for sport is that far big of a fall from grace. Like, yeah, honestly, it is like I am at a point where like if that were to be if there was like some like news revelation that like I'm trying to think like um, Michael Jordan. Uh, uh, Les Moonves and Lorne Michaels were like caught like doing a most world's dangerous game. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'd be like, yeah, that makes the tracks. Like they're all super wealthy and probably bored. I know. Yeah, it's like and and then of course the liberal media would be like, I can't believe this. You can't. You supported them hand in hand all the way to this. And the and Fox News, they'd be like, "Oh, that's it's cool. That's like, awesome." Having, yeah, let fun. let re let regular Americans hunt people for sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I demand the right to be able to hunt my neighbor. I, we need a purge. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this is how the purge gets legalized. Is, the purge was like. The guy who made the purge, he was on to something. Well, sadly, he was really on to something. Yeah, he understood yeah. it. The purge is a documentary. Yeah. Ugh. Yikes. That's how Bad Boys 2 makes you feel. So, yeah. um, but it turns out that not only is Martin Lawrence's younger sister, who he treats very, very patriarchally, you know, doesn't let her live her life as an independent person whatsoever. She's always his little sister who needs to be protected. Uh, is an undercover DEA agent, and also it's naturally because this is a man who cannot stop messing with people—a true sociopath on the highest level. Yeah. Michael, she's also dating Mike Lowry, Will Smith. Yeah, it's like because yeah, he's been with every other. He has had his opportunity with every other woman. Mm -hmm. Now, what is what is the best thing he could do? The most fun thing he could do is truly screw with uh, martin lawrence by dating his sister what's, a, what's another way i can pull a, another uh leg off the spider how can Wait, i how uh... can i really control and hurt 
this other man who was who is supposedly my best friend. Yeah, I've already destroyed his pool, Shh. rendered him impotent. <laughs> uh, flirt with his wife nonstop. Shot him. Convince him to commit multiple murders. Um, what what else can I get? I can shut up his sister. I can like, yeah, yeah. Just dominate him in every fiscal yeah. way. Yeah. I'm surprised uh, he's not uh, dragging him on a oh, leash by the end of the movie. What's what's that under my thumb? Oh, it's my best friend Marcus. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like that would be the best if like that's like a real superhero movie move is to the true villain is Mike Lowry. Man, I would this would be a ten out of ten movie. If like at the but, the last shot of this movie was just like uh Will Smith like grinning and then it's like an evil grin and like the light becomes red and then the omen music begins to yeah. play. Yeah. Out. It's like the end of the omen where he's like president. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> president Lowry. President Lowry. Oh, that's what hunting for yeah. Psycho. Absolute psychopath. Um and the movie just like goes crazy from there. There's this car chase. That they seem to have just—they seem to have rented all the freeways in Miami to yeah. annihilate. They're I've throwing been... cars off of a car carrier thing. Boats are flying out them. Martin Lawrence is having a full-scale panic attack while Lowry is just encouraging him to shoot more. Yeah, he uh, loves, like, and Lowry loves, it's like more boats, please. Let's, yeah, he's I like bring it on, like yeah. throw, like and it just gets crazier and crazier. Like yeah. every action scene, everything gets like ramped up this movie is deeply rated r which i do admire yeah like at least that like their depravity knows no bounds so they're not playing it safe mm-hmm. in any stretch of the imagination oh, yeah. well and it's like also at this you, you watch those like the the sequences with the cars and it feels so real it feels like they're like you know and there's obviously probably some cgi involved here and there but like mm-hmm. it, you're never it looks amazing get... Yeah, looks amazing. Never, yeah, you're never gonna get a sequence like that ever again. It feels like. Yeah, and it's it's like, and you could tell they're trying to stop it. Like, I don't know if you heard, they're doing um, the Sony Pictures prop department is selling everything at this no. auction. So like, they're clearly continuing to try and get rid of anything real. But I do recommend it, folks. You have to go down there to pick it up. But they're they're like cool like mid century couches for twenty bucks. Wait, so where so, is uh? I'm, gonna, I'm looking this up right now. Sony, the Culver City is where it's taking place. I might ask you to help me move when we buy a bunch of furniture. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like I, I kind of the steel. It's a steel. That's a hot tip. Hot Academy, Academy, Academy. Hot tip, right there. Yes. <laughs> um. So all this leads to Sid Burnett, Gabrielle Union, who, um, despite being a decorated enough DEA agent. To be an undercover, be an undercover on a major operation yeah, is she... is actually completely helpless and needs to be rescued. Yeah. <laughs> also, she's like pretending to be a crime lord. What is happening? I don't get it. It it yeah. none of it doesn't matter. She gets kidnapped. Yeah. We get the shit just got for real shot, which I did kind of like pump my fist when they did it. You know the uh, three hundred and sixty around them as they are standing up in slow motion, and Martin Lawrence goes. Shit just got for real. It's like I know, I know. Yeah, it's, real. <laughs> it's real. Oh, <laughs> I should mention there is this shot in this movie that this is what makes you 
forgive Michael Bay for some of his sins. That 360 through the doorway shot of them on one side of the room and the bad guys on the other side as they're shooting at each other is incredible. It ruled. The, yeah, see, that's like, like that is what I respect about Bay is that like creative. Yeah, like, I know. He's so like, he, He's not untalented because he's so creative in some of this stuff. It's just like, to what means is he using his all of his powers? I, want, I think that might be like disappoints the Eberts of the world. Yeah. It is like, like a. Yeah, they could sense the talent, but he's using it for like evil, degenerative means. <laughs> I want to go back in time and like I could a young Michael Bay. I could convince him. I'm gonna like show him. I'm trying to think of like I'm gonna show him like five Ken Loach films. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? He'd probably say boring. Shit's boring. This sucks. But then maybe it would lead him to be like, I could make the wind that shakes the barley much more. Yeah. Epic. It would be super epic if I... Remember that movie, Kess? What if the bird, like, fucking had a camera attached to it and swooped in and pecked out eyeballs? <laughs> what if the navigators were also uh, mercenaries? What What if instead of, like, peaceful protest, I, Daniel Blake, like, got an AK-47? <laughs> like, uh, 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 I fond kiss? Uh, instead I, of, like... I fond breast. Instead of I, like I bundle breast. Instead of like a young, like fairly normal council estates mother. She was like a Victoria's Secret model and was not a mom. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing she gave birth to was a truck. <laughs> yeah. Cue the Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what if I Daniel Blake was about a transformer trying to yeah. navigate the 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 um the the British health. Yeah, like yeah. this is overly Byzantine. Socialized hell. Socialize this. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, this one's crazy. So, um, she gets kidnapped, taken to Cuba, and what I dug, which was super fucking funny, was the unspoken agreement between everyone, the DEA. And the Miami Police Department that despite the fact that Burnett and Lowry are just like detectives, that they can launch a full scale military level operation in infiltrating Cuba. Like they're in the fucking rock. Like they're going to Alcatraz to take on Ed Harris. It feels like I'm watching like an Oliver Stone movie. But, like, Michael Bay thinks all the bad things that happen in those movies are cool. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. It's like, what if Salvador, instead of, like, a photographer, he, like, just killed everybody. (laughs) And they go in, and so they go blow up everything. They, like, I mean, like, every, and, like, Johnny's mom shows up with a shotgun to try and take that. Like everything imaginable yeah, happens old, in this old sequence. Lady gets punched in this movie. Yeah, what? it's crazy. Yeah. But if you didn't think it could get crazier, they rescue Sid. They commandeer a yellow Hummer, naturally. Yeah. And they go on a car chase, and he rips off police Jackie Chan's police story 100%. wholesale. Rips it off by having them annihilate. This shanty town by driving through it yeah, this, down this, this hillside. Yeah, yeah, it is like gone, totally, gone. Yeah. It's incredible. And it's like, yeah, on one hand, 
total ripoff of police story total like no it's like one-to-one it's basically one-to-one and so much grimmer and sadder than the absolutely joyous yeah, police like, story <laughs> like, well, like blue no story is a celebration of human movement and capability compared yeah. to this like, yeah this is like yeah because it's like when you think about like when you think about like when you watch it on screen you know just face value you're like oh this is like really cool and like the work that went into this is incredible the second you think about like you know you put it in context the second all those you, like, poor people who are like living on under a living under in poverty under in a dictatorial regime society yeah in a regime in society yeah like and they, they, that like you know like people died like so many, oh like... The, so they didn't show it but people are getting blasted by that hummer like absolutely blasted gr- brained gore yeah like <laughs> doesn't matter they so what's their plan they're gonna drive to fucking guantanamo bay because that's where they can get safe haven for their illegal international like dumb bay of pigs operation yeah. that they're doing yeah i did the first uh face and hands yeah or the first they, of many. they get there johnny gets there get they end up in this like landmine filled um terrain in front of guantanamo bay they got caught they got bad guys shooting at them yeah johnny's got his gun to what Who's got his guns on? Um, Will Smith, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Will Smith is like the hostage. Yeah. Martin Lawrence fucking kicks up this gun from the sand, blows Johnny Tapio away with a headshot. Yeah. It looks great. It does look great. It's cool. But in classic Michael Bay fashion, this is really the icing on the cake. Johnny's body falls backwards and lands on a landmine. <laughs> <laughs> he explodes. See, I like that impulse. That that is like the I one do. impulse of Michael Bay because he's like he's the type of guy who's like it can't just be like you shoot him in the perfect headshot. He did this super fancy, super heroic headshot. No, we got to blow him up too. Yeah, there there has to be a Looney Tune element to this. There has to be like a. They save the day. Martin and Will are in. So Martin Lawrence has like this like inflatable pool. So here's here's the interesting. He's got this inflatable pool. In in front of his multi zillion dollar house on yeah. waterfront property, another guy who, like I said, two thousand eight housing crisis is coming for this man. He is he's way overextended because he's yeah. got to keep up with his rich friend. Yes, he, yeah, he can't just like it's a tragedy. The big yeah, it's a tragedy. Short is happening to these. The big folks. short is happening. It's coming. Yeah. Adam McKay is coming for you. <laughs> yeah, Adam McKay is coming for you. Um. That somehow it gets deflated again. They think this is a huge joke that this inflatable yeah. pool gets deflated and they fall into the bay and everyone laughs at them. Uh, all the female characters are completely wasted. Sid is barely a character. Gabrielle Union tries her best. <laughs> Teresa Randall plays Marcus's wife, gets nothing. Yeah, she gets to like, do. Uh, one scene belittling Martin Lawrence's yeah. uh, impotency. <laughs> the movie ends and you're like, geez, I feel gutted and empty. That was entertaining, but. At what cost? Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, I, uh, we I've witnessed darkness. I and I'm cold. Um, has a twenty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Critical right? consensus: two and a half hours of explosions and witless banter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, 
audiences gave it an A cinema score. They fucking loved it. Hell yeah. It's, dude, this is this is one of those movies, though. Michael Bay, love him or hate him, he has the same skill that James Cameron has in universal filmmaking. Yeah. I guarantee you, every you go to any country in the world, you make a Bad Boys 2 reference, someone will, like, you know, whatever that country's version of an old of a good old boy, yeah, of a of a dumb like whatever like the of a of a boorish male Kevin James King of Queens, whatever their King of Queensman is in that country, they will like hold up a beer to you. There will always be teenagers, thus yes. unthinking teenagers, thus maybe not. Who knows? Um, Ebert gave it one out of four. And he was especially offended by one scene that I think Patrick and I alluded to, which is when Marcus's daughter has a date arrive at the house, which at first you think is going to be a very traditional, like dad is going to just kind of be hard on yeah. the kid for dating his daughter. You've seen, Turn, one, you've seen them all. Turns into a psychodrama <laughs> of epic perform. Goes on so fucking long to the point where Will Smith is actively has pulled a gun on this poor kid. It's it's something a Paul Schrader character would it's very like it's taxi it's out driver. of it's out of doggy dog. Yes. Yeah. It is like doggy dog it's like that era where it's like just horrid like lack of awareness, nihilistic, disgusting. Evil. It's gross. It's it's yeah. and by the time it's over, like that wasn't funny, it just was awful. Sad. Like it was, yeah. Ebert said the needless cruelty of this scene took me out of the movie and into the minds of its makers. What are they thinking? Have they so lost touch with human nature that they think audiences will like this scene? Hey, turns out not, not wrong. Uh, Roper said it was the worst film of 2003. Hell yeah. James Bernadelli of Real Views was even more negative, giving it a half star out of four. Damn. Saying, Bad Boys 2 isn't just bad. It's a catastrophic violation of every aspect of cinema that I, as a film critic, hold dear. Brutal. Brutal. Audiences did not give a shit. It was a huge financial success. Yeah. <laughs> it made $273.3 <laughs> on $130 million. It was a smash. Everybody loved it. The Bad Mark Boys are back. Best on-screen team at the MTV Awards. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Gets a video game. It's great. Oh. <laughs> um. It is like, yeah, it is like the audience in, it's like the same audience for like open Oppenheimer's speech in Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. Like it's that, like, like raw, that gung-ho raw, like, like. Yeah, like, the people who are, are like. Borderline and... masters. I, I thought Jordan Belfort and Wolf of Wall Street ruled. And I wanna live his life. I wanna be Jordan Belfort. I wanna I want yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. This is And I, I was like, I'll take the pen. Um So as we mentioned, <laughs> screenplay by Ron Shelton, Jerry Stahl, story by Ron Shelton, Cormac Wibberley, Marianne Wibberley, based on characters created by George Gallo, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Mm-hmm. Cinematography. Oh, the go ahead. The Wibberleys, also National Treasure. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is all part of the same universe. Mm. They're all guided in the same direction. Ron Shelton was not writing Bull Durham here. <laughs> uh, cinematography by Amir Mokri, edited by Mark Goldblatt, Thomas A. Muldoon, Roger A. Barton, music by Trevor Rabin. So Michael Bay is uh, back on top. Jerry Bruckheimer back on top. All is well in the world of Michael Bay. 
But I get the feeling after this, Patrick, Michael Bay wanted to stretch his. I think he felt um, he didn't want to just be Jerry Bruckheimer's guy. Mm. I think he wanted to prove his own. So his very next film, his sixth movie, is the first non-Bruckheimer movie Jerry, that Michael Bay has been involved in. And that is, of course, 2005's The Island. Also, coincidentally enough, The Island is Michael Bay's first flop. At the box office, hundred sixty-two million dollar at the box office, hundred twenty-six million dollar budget. It's not going to cut it in Michael Bay world. Mm-hmm. The Island, screenplay by Caspian Treadwell, Owen, Alex Kurtzman, Robert Orkey. This Ooh. they're back, the J.J. Abrams guys. <laughs> like <laughs> by two thousand five, lost of course, and become a utter sensation and everyone and their mother believed that the, anyone in the J.J. Abrams orbit was the future of storytelling both in television and in movies well was that the case we'll let time decide for us yeah I mean I guess it's better than like maybe it's a sign of the times how things have like regressed uh, where we used earlier with had, had now that it seems like that mantle has been uh, passed on to the like, Rick and Morty the Dan Harmons or even the Russo. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Felt a shiver down the spine. Yeah, shiver down the spine. <laughs> so the island is a dystopian sci-fi action thriller. Um, a little more high concept than our man Michael Bay is known for, yeah, which might not. Perhaps almost too high concept. Yeah, perhaps, like, <laughs> perhaps he's like playing with uh, things he doesn't quite, he can't quite get a grasp. Or on. isn't really too interested in taking that shovel and digging a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, basic structure is that we meet a group of people living in a isolated compound who are whose lives are deeply controlled, mm-hmm. whether it be food, exercise, sleep, personalities, jobs, etc. All with the hope, though, that's what they understand is that the outside world has been, um, for the most part, annihilated, except for a beautiful, wonderful place of freedom and joy called the island. That they can win a lottery ticket to go to the island. <laughs> and that's all they that's kind of how they live their lives in hopes that they are selected yeah. to go to the island. And there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason who wins the lottery. How does it work? Uh, we meet our key character, Lincoln Six Echo, played by Ewan McGregor. Oh, yeah. Valiantly hanging on to his American accent as Lincoln Six Echo. He is holding on for dear life. He's yeah. hanging on to that cliff. You know, you know. It evokes the, the scene in Noah where, like, the, <laughs> the flood has happened and the boat is passing by, like, the last thing of dry land where there's, like, mm-hmm. there's, like 20 dudes just hanging on. Yeah, dear, yeah. Yeah, he's just one of those twenty dudes, right? Away, you so can tell kind of throwing stuff at them. Lincoln's got a glimmer in his eye. Yeah. He's having weird dreams. What is it? What is this about? Yeah, what are these like the dudes from uh, Max Max Fury Road? The weird, uh, the and that's um the guy. What's his name? The guy George's boss from Seinfeld, Kruger, who we've met before. Is the guy who's like, go to the island. The island is your friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love the island. I love the island. 
he's having weird dreams, but everyone's like, slow your roll, man. Don't worry about it. And he's hanging out with uh, Jordan 2 Delta, played by Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah. Hey, she has the bacon connection. She has a bit, and she has a bacon because he wants to. You can tell he's a guy who like skirts the rules because he's told to eat better, but he's like, "Give me that bacon for breakfast, baby." He is, yeah. He's very like you know Dennis Leary from Demolition Man. Be... A little, uh, yeah, Dennis Leary is like this is my kind of guy. Yeah, it's my he's a regular guy. guy. <laughs> he likes coffee flavored coffee too. <laughs> Stupidest line ever spoken. Coffee flavored um, coffee. And. The guy who runs, so we meet some of the other folks who live there. Michael Clark Duncan oh, lives there. I loved his like two or three. Like he's no, not not too many scenes, but fun guy. There's yeah. a lot of lot of fun guys out and about. Um, uh, the guy who runs the joint is of course um, Doctor Merrick, played by the <laughs> the imitable Sean Bean. Honestly, uh. Michael Bay showing restraint by not naming him Devlin. Yeah. Or, or like yeah. Evil Man. E- evil Man. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> evil Man. Um, evil Man. <laughs> for the show, Sean text me, goes, how's my Sean Bean in the movie? I was like, he's doing Sean. He is bringing the Sean Bean heat as exactly yeah. you'd expect. <laughs> like, it's the, the shiniest and the beaniest yeah. he's ever been. You are very aware there's not a huge level of... Uh, Let's call it dramatic suspense to what he he's up to something we know it yeah. like yeah. there's it, the, like <laughs> it is funny there is like a certain point like where I'd, I'd say for like the first hour of the movie he's like you know evil but like mildly restrained and like oh, potentially could be a normal man and by like it's, the last half hour it's just like it's I'm coming for palpatine like, it's yeah. coming <laughs> yeah that's true. and you catch sean bean you know what you're getting yeah. like come on like, come on. And he's can... great. We love him. I love, love him. him. Yeah. He's having a yeah. blast. Yeah, having a blast. And he's like, don't worry about it. We'll do some tests on you. Meanwhile, uh, part of one of uh, Lincoln's jobs is to go down to the bowels of their compound. To... For some reason, this was an early mistake on Sean Bean's part. Don't send any of the, don't send any of the people to the bowels yeah, at all. Never... Don't even let him know there are bowels. That is like really a lot of boneheaded moves for a yeah. uh, Sean a dumb. Genius. Yeah, he's dumb. He he's, he's he came up with one thing and he's dumb, dumb. Beyond that, yep. uh, Owen McGregor makes a friend down the bells, though, of course. Uh, <laughs> yes. James Mac McCord, <laughs> regular blue collar guy, played oh, by yeah. our beloved, everyone's who, everyone's beloved, Steve Buscemi. Oh, he's yeah, Steve Buscemi just having a blast. He is <laughs> just rolling, you know. He's just, you know, he's just he's wheeling and dealing. He's, he's having throwing, fun. He's throwing quips. He's wearing, you know, fun. He's dressed like that guy from The Offspring. You know, he's got like that. Uh, I'm it's a just outfit. it's all it's all happening for Steve. Um, oh, yeah. it's great. Uh, and he he kind of alludes to he might allude to that there might be more going on. Mm. to Lincoln. Lincoln gets more curious until Lincoln climbs through a grate and discovers the truth. Which is, you know, if you've seen Logan's Run, Mm -hmm. ZPG, Zero Population Growth, Soylent Green, The Matrix, like The Matrix, THX 1138, you name it, 
You've yeah. seen it before, but have you seen it in a dumber movie? Maybe not. Now's your chance. Mm-hmm. He discovers that actually they are clones of rich people who are being harvested as backup organs and so forth in case said rich person has an issue in the real world, which is actually functioning just fine. Uh, should be noted, takes place in 2019. So if you, if this was all happening a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, I forgot to ask this earlier. Where were you when they passed the uh, eugenics law of 2015, Don? Oh, <laughs> I, I was too busy having fun in college. I missed it. I would have voted uh, against it. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I blew it. <laughs> all those people who are demanding I vote all the time were right. <laughs> no. Um, so. Yikes. That means there's another Lincoln out there. That means there's another Scarlett Johansson out there. We discover Michael, poor Michael Clark Duncan is being harvested right now. Oh, no. Yikes. Zoinks. Simultaneously, that Scarlett has won the lottery, which means something happened to her person in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Scarlett needs to be har- Turns out she's an ultra-famous model, which explains explains yeah. a lot. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Explains a lot. Um, And so what leads to here is it takes like an hour to get to this point. But Owen and Scarlet escape from isolation, get to the real world, discover their compound is actually just in some desert like in Arizona. And now they're on the run. And basically what follows is we've gone from dystopian sci-fi movie to just straight up Michael Bay, bang, bang, chase action movie. Yeah, only like the the most like bare bones vestiges of like sci-fi enter the movie at this point. Like you're pretty much like if you took away two or three like like VFX visual things, you couldn't tell. Like it would just look like it was taking yeah. place in Los Angeles. He again. wants which yeah, he wants to get them into the real world. He wants to get them into cool leather jackets to show how attractive they are. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> basically and yeah, he wants them totally. to get on motorcycles and get into fast cars and go for it um perhaps the most interesting sequence in the movie is that they track down tom lincoln who is Owen mcgregor's real world equivalent to lincoln and we get some and he speaks in a scottish accent that, see, that's Which like the... I liked, and I see why that's probably the stuff that drew Owen McGregor to wanting to be in this movie. Yeah, that that I wish like if they had like leaned into that element of it a little more, I think this could have been a. It's not like this is a bad movie. It's a lot of fun, but I, think I actually like, like it. Like yeah. spoiler alert, this was the first time I ever saw, it, and I actually enjoyed myself watching. This I say, movie. same. I had a great time. I just I think I just wanted more of that like. I guess, like, dealing with the ramifications of, like, oh, I'm, like, I am just, like, here so an asshole can have a spare liver if he needs it. Because, like, yeah. that's, like, a recurring theme. Like, every one of the people, they're, like, yeah. super wealthy jerks. <laughs> what we find out is Tom Lincoln just likes to, like, party too hard so his liver's failing him. Yes. And, yeah, it's great. And he, like, slays it that he's, like, buddies with them. But it turns out he's, like, fuck, no, I'm a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Owen McGregor gets to do so much fun stuff. He like sets it up that he's like calls the island people and he's like, I got my guy, I got them, bring them back. And I'm pissed at you. I'm going to like sue you. 
because you screwed up my like my uh my investment is now out here in the world and that pisses me off like it's great he plays him like a bad rich guy it's really kind of great um but like i also like this they catch them and lincoln is smart enough to say well they're not going to know which is which Mm -hmm. so he's like you got to shoot one of us but which one is the real tom lincoln they blow it they shoot the real tom lincoln very like stupid because like this is a guy who like 20 minutes ago didn't know what's like god was or like like or like sex or like like there's still like they say that like there's a point in the movie where they're like they have the brains of 15 year olds and yeah. they also are like very like they're so um they're only i actually kind of enjoy I think one thing that's interesting is they're only like taught like very specific things that are like you know kind of just conducive to keeping the island functional, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they don't. Yeah. What's interesting too is that if you could harvest a full human, mm-hmm. why not just harvest like body parts? <laughs> why harvest an entire like sentient being? Well. They say in the movie their justification for this is that no, we need. It turns out the body parts kept failing. Oh it's yeah, what, it's what makes them. It's the they need life. They need to live. They need the human spark, yeah. so to speak. They have like some insane, stupid justification to keep, like yeah. keep. They keep them. Yeah, it's it. They justify it, but it's it is what it is. So, yeah. um, Sean Bean decides to buy himself some operators to track down. Scarlet and Ewan McGregor. Yeah. And the operators are led by Jimon Ansu, uh, who we last saw, of course, as Russell Crowe's best friend in yeah. Gladiator. What great and character actors. A great actor. And he does this part in this movie that I thought was so brilliant. He goes to Sean Bean's office, and Sean Bean's like, do you like Picasso? And he doesn't have a line. He just kind of rolls his eyes. <laughs> And I was like, that is really a great character touch. Like, just shut up. I'm here for a yeah. job. I don't give a shit about this, like, your rich guy bullshit. He, yeah, he sees through all of Sean Bean's, like, false bravado, oh, intelligence bravado and bullshit. It is wonderful. So, in maybe the stupidest and most offensive correlation in the movie, though, mm-hmm. he is a hardcore operator who goes on these insane destructive chases all through future LA. Right. To catch you in and Scarlet. They destroy buildings. They there's a great set piece where they're like hanging off of a sign on the top of a building even. Oh, uh there's like yeah, there's like one mo- yeah, there's like one moment where like like they yeah, they fall off of a sign or a building and it's like they should be dead. Like it mm-hmm. is just like so it's so went- cartoonish. Yeah, it's crazy. What we find out is that the operator who's after them, Jimon uh, Anjou, who his name is Albert Laurent, uh, Albert is um, a refugee himself of ethnic cleansing, I believe, in Africa. Yeah. And what he becomes to realize is that his situation and the situation of these fucking clones is not that different. So he becomes a freedom fighter for them. Like I said, stupid and borderline offensive yeah it <laughs> like... is like that is like the dumb that is, i think that is like maybe one of my least favorite things ever in a movie is when 
someone is like hurting an imaginary thing and then they're like you should stop doing that because I went through this actual ex trauma <laughs> like this yeah. real and it's like we don't need to make this it's a real <laughs> stretch man it's a real yeah, stretch it's, it's just crass it comes off as crass so um it turns into a mission then that not only are Owen and Scarlet going to free themselves they're going to free all of the clones and turns into one of these things so they have to go back inside the island thing mm-hmm. infiltrate it educate everyone and start an uprising I should right. note um, the head of PR for the island is Charles Whitman is played uncredited by Kim Coates from uh, Bad Boys 1 and Last Boy Scout I love seeing him in that role it's yeah me too a, it's I love that guy yeah, well, and it's such a treat to see him in a non-like... I feel like he always plays, like, a lunatic or a psycho, so I always love it when they kind of, like, play against type, and it's like... Smarmy, okay, smarmy corporate guy. Yeah, it was fun. flavor of him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great character actor. Uh, they get back in, all hell breaks loose, action sequences galore. Owen and Sean Bean have to get into a full-scale fist fight. It's silly. Very, there was, like, I think I wrote a note that was along the lines of, like, why is Sean Bean doing this? This is like, oh, no, what does he Sean know Bean. about, what does he know about fighting? Like, yeah. uh, it's stupid. It's um, so silly. It is, like, crazy. The good guys win. Mm-hmm. Raise your hands. Shrug your shoulders. Yeah, I, do love, I do love the scene of all the guys, all the clones in their little like white, uh, you know, jumpsuits like lemmings, just like all coming out at once and being like, "Yeah, oh, oh the light." Um, <laughs> scary. None of the implications of the fact there are now two of thousands of people <laughs> watering the earth <laughs> <laughs> are ever thought about. These disc so. Like we mentioned, the reason Scarlett Johansson's number was picked was we discover her real-world equivalent, Sarah Jordan, who is an internationally famous supermodel, was in a car accident and is on death's door and needs all these organs. And she may not even make it, even if she gets the organ transplant. They make a video phone call to her house where we discover her, like, adorable child. Mommy, are you coming home? Yeah. It's just like... Well, there's a lot of implications here. This is very yeah. likely. <laughs> this, this is a question I don't think this movie has the tools to answer. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't think anyone, <laughs> any, everyone's like, let's just hope that the audiences ignore that. Like, like yeah, that is like, very yeah. heavy. There's a very heavy. We'll put it that way. Like, mm-hmm. very intense. Very, very intense. Um, so this is like, yeah, it's. A movie that, in the hands of a more thoughtful filmmaker, mm-hmm. probably could have made for a pretty interesting. Like, think about some similar sci-fi movie that came out around this time: Steven Spielberg's Minority Report. Mm-hmm. A much more thought-out movie about the implications of some of these advancements in science in yeah. that kind of hard sci-fi realm. I think before we came on the show we declared it dumb Phil K. Dick mm-hmm. this movie and it is it's 100% yeah it's not to say it isn't like it's nowhere near as like grotesque as Bad Boys 2 mm-hmm. um that isn't to say though that it's like <laughs> it's not like 
it's not a Christopher Nolan movie in terms of no. it's like sci-fi. Well, <laughs> like, it's, it's like yeah, I mean it's like another example of what of it like of a Michael Bay movie where like the female lead isn't given as much to do compared to the male lead. It's like another it's you know the Steve Buscemi's wife that whole thing not oh, great. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah. great. The uh, pro the product placement in this one is insane. It, by the way, cool. that, that like it's actually it's aged like it's one of those things where like I love product placement placement that's aged poorly do you remember the product placement joke in wayne's world where like it's like wait you just have a choice i do and also i have the choice of a new generation (laughs) (laughs) it's not that far from that like it really but it's also like such like it's like the you know be it like the um insane like you know the, the the xbox game where they're like beating each other up that's incredible. The yeah, uh, with like the, the giant Xbox logo behind them as I they're doing that. it. Mwah, there I are also that. scenes in Bad Boys Two where they're like going through all of the traumatic destruction they've been through, and like a Budweiser truck just drives through. <laughs> like, <laughs> like suddenly, like Martin Lawrence is drinking a Pepsi for some yeah. reason. It's like for that some level. reason, it's like like and like all the clothes like. Oh, I, I I I'm missing one of my shoes, one of my Puma shoes. Like one of know? my Reeboks. Yeah, Reeboks. I I hate my situation as being a slave in this clone colony, but I do love the fact I have been given Reebok shoes and Aquafina and weird yeah. little. Yeah, it's cool. I love those little Aquafina bottles. They're crazy. Well, and like the other thing too is like the the the, the like the knowledge booths. It's like the MSN phone. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's rule. I, w- I want that prop. It's so nutty. It <laughs> the entire thing is so nutty. Um, but you can see, like premise wise, like this is a, like a very like the original script was by Caspian Treadwell Owen, and like the pitch and that kind of thing. Like we mentioned, there's like been a million dystopian type movies like this. We just went, we rattled a bunch of them off. Moments ago, you could see this is like catnip to Hollywood producers. Like, Mm -hmm. you could see why they wanted to like push this through. Um, DreamWorks acquired the script and they got it rewritten by Kurtz Minorki, who at that point were most known for um, Alias. They came out of that school and then they'd done Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and Xena Warrior Princess as well. Um, they uh they were brought in mostly to decrease the budget and rewrite the second and third acts. Because, <laughs> you know, so basically what happens is like to get these producers and these production companies to like even set eyes on your spec script, you got to go as like big and crazy as possible. It's like, wow, that's the most creative thing I've ever heard. But then when they have to get down to the brass text of actually paying for it, like we got to cut half this shit. <laughs> um, they did um the yeah uh so that's what happened here (laughs) and uh dreamworks executive producer spielberg walter parks laurie mcdonald chose uh michael bay to direct this big broad idea his first outside of the world of bruckheimer his first with spielberg and dreamworks uh, they, of course, all went on to do the 
Transformers movies together for this entire crew. Mm. Uh, filmed, the film was released on July 22nd of 2005. It's 136 minutes long. Another one that's too fucking long. Yeah, way, yeah, way too long. Opened in fourth place. Considered a box office bomb. Hmm. They blamed it on they blamed it on the marketing campaign, but it's Michael Bay's first box office bomb. Mm -hmm. He'd kind of gotten away with murder. I remember when this came out, a lot of people were kind of like, "The king is dead! Yay! (laughs) Like we we got we finally got rid of this guy." You know, it's like (laughs) go to hell. Yeah, uh, thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, consensus clone of THX eleven thirty eight coma. And Logan's Run. The Island is another loud, bombastic Michael Bay movie where explosions and chases matter more than characters, dialogue, or plot. Um, Ebert kind of liked it. Gave it three stars. Oh, that's nice. Said the first half is spare, creepy, spot science fiction parable. Then it shifts into a high-tech action picture. Both halves work. Whether they work together is a good question. <laughs> um... He liked Michael Clark Duncan a lot. He has only three or four scenes, but they're of central importance. He brings true horror to them. I yeah, I did love his whole like him like running away in yeah, like all the great. tables and stuff. Yeah, he rules. Yeah. Always love that actor. Said he missed an opportunity to do what best science fiction does and use the future as a way to critique the present. Mm-hmm. Um, Variety's Justin Tang- Chang called the film an exercise in sensory overkill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, I- is says, the, like I mean, compared to like, the other one, I guess. Yeah. Compared to Bad Boys Two, I, mean, uh, I think like Bad Boys Two has numbed me. <laughs> they said that uh, they said that they took on the weighty moral conundrums of human cloning and resolved them in a storm of bullets, car chases, and more explosions than you can take your syringe at. A.O. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott of the New York Times said, and I I think this is a. Uh, this is pretty spot on. The film is smarter than you might expect, and at the same time, dumber than it could be. <laughs> astute. Astute, yeah. astute observation. Yeah, <laughs> That's how you I... feel when you watch it. You're like, man, that was better than I thought it would be. Still pretty dumb. It is like, yeah, it's like, okay, I can feel like, yeah, like, I can see Michael Bay kind of sweating over this a little bit. Like, I, it's it's definitely like out of his, um, it's out of his wheelhouse in yeah. some regards. The hard sci-fi is not necessarily his thing. Um, I like him in the real world, like in like action spectacles, The Rock, the Bad Boys movies. Those are yeah, ambulance soon enough. Like, I like those, but in general, like I think you and I can agree, this was a funner, a little bit better movie than I anticipated it to be. You know what? I th- I think part of it too is it's like a nicer. Like it's not. I think part and maybe part of it's because of like you know for plot purposes it can't be as like just outwardly crass and malevolent all the time. Like yeah. the world of the island is kind of like a nice peachy keen world, and uh, you know I'm not saying every one of his movies has to be that, but like maybe like I don't know, just like um if you could tone it down, Bay, if you could find a way just to not like. You don't have to be Family Guy. You don't. We have Family Guy. We watch Family Guy for Family Guy. You don't have to like 
think of yeah. every joke that comes to your mind. <laughs> you, you know, some people, you know, we did improv for a spell. Mm-hmm. We know how this works. You still do it. Some people are inherently very funny. Mm. Good sense of humor. Clever yeah. sense of humor. Some people it takes a little bit more effort. Mm-hmm. And some people have many, many skills, and humor is not one of them. I don't think Michael Bay is a particularly funny guy. I think his sense of humor kind of sucks. Yeah. And it's a damper on all of his movies, and these three today in particular. And he needs either someone writing a script for him that's funny mm-hmm. and needs to stick to it, or he needs actors who are really quite funny. Yeah, or he needs, like, like gentle direction in the because I think like he can there's like elements to his comedy that can work like his physical like um when he's doing like almost like Jackie Chan style like physical goofs sometimes those are good when he's not but doing them in a way that's like that makes light of people mean spirited rambling comedy rambling that never ends it's, yes he is like such a it's like it's like cra- borderline crank sometimes. Like very, yeah. It is just like, and it's it's very basic. It's not, yeah. Mm. If you're interested in a film and book that covers this topic in a similar fashion, but in a much, much more intellectualized and respectful way, I point you in the direction of Never Let Me Go, directed by Mark Romanek and the novel by Kazu Ishiguru. Which won like the Pulitzer Prize? Uh, <laughs> much similar story, much more gently told. <laughs> oh my god! Now I'm just but, imagining uh, Michael Bay directing *Living*, but so much less uh, explosions. So speaking of explosions, Michael Bay's destiny was upon him mm-hmm. in two years. He does so much, but joining up with a franchise, joining up with a franchise, a toy, <laughs> uh, product placement, and turning it into a full movie of product placement. Mm-hmm. This was his. This was the road he was always down, going down. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're talking about 2007's Transformers. At the time, considered perhaps a cultural nadir. Yeah. By all involved. Hate, hated. Yeah, universally. I can't think of a movie more universally reviled. Totally despised, yet totally and unequivocally and over beyond a shadow of a doubt successful. Yeah, I, it's so fun. And it is like one of those things where like, I think it's kind of like the Nickelback thing where like, like, it has its crowd. It just does. Like, there are people that like it, even though it's, like, like just hated by the mainstream press. So there's, an old school, there's an old story. The legendary film critic from The New Yorker, Pauline Kael, mm-hmm. upon the election of Richard Nixon. Mm. I believe the re-election of Richard Nixon. Gotcha. Said, how could he have won? No one I know voted for him. Well, Pauline, because you work at the New Yorker and lived in the rare fight, of course you don't know anyone who voted for Richard Nixon, but they are out there. 
just like Nickelback fans. I don't yes. know any Nickelback fans. Do you know any Nickelback fans, unironically? I mean, I think I have, like, cousins, maybe. But that's about it, really. Like, I don't, like, it's like, they're, they're but it's not like, but it's like, it's a world. It's 100% a world. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing necessarily, maybe with Richard Nixon, but when it comes to Transformers fandom or Nickelback fandom, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. No. No. It's his taste. I sent, I sent you that article of, about that insane man who has, like, the Bumblebee, like, uh, statue. And he's, like, that article, if you ever if you have the time, there's a great article in the New York Times. Put it up on our Twitter thing. I will 100%. Cause X. This is like a put it on our X. That's <laughs> our X account. Our X account. I'll pokes it or whatever the fuck we call posting now on X. Um. So, yeah. Uh. This is there are people out there. It's great. I love that we live in multiple worlds. We deserve yeah. to. It's great. Everywhere, we should not be a mo- everywhere. We should not be a monoculture. Yeah. Necessarily. Um, this is a long time coming. I grew up in the 1980s. I remember Transformers, the animated movie. I remember the show. I owned mm-hmm. an Optimus Prime, but I'm also not a nostalgia head necessarily. Yeah. yeah I, so I by the time this movie I, came out, I did not really care. Yeah, I mean, I remember I had like a similar like I watched, grew up watching the Beast Wars, uh, which was like that 3D one where like instead of turning into cars, they turned into like gorillas and spiders and stuff i don't and, uh, don't understand the technology there but you know oh well and, i think uh, that's what the new one is about the the one that just came out the new transformers that's yeah. all right yeah. rise of the beasts somehow the seventh transformers movie uh, what? Uh, <laughs> i'm tired i'm sleepy <laughs> all right so yeah i'm sleepy too we can hustle through this one <laughs> we didn't like it I didn't oh. like it in 2007. I don't think we liked it now. Not for us. No, I mean, I will say, um, if uh, if I'm gonna begrudgingly give this movie any credit, um, especially compared to like the later films of the of the of this world, I think the first movie, the action is clearer than I remember it being. I can't tell which Transformers which, except for Optimus Prime. Yeah, well, when they, they all... when they transform and fight, I can't tell what the fuck's going on at all. Oh. It's, see, that's the problem. Is once like the action is good when you're not, when either you're not focused on like transformers or if it's just like two transformers kind of like lively moving around. Once you get to like those huge, once you get to those huge like bombastic moments where there's like twenty like metal fucking whatevers like you know writhing all over each other like uh like um like the nightmares of the protagonist of David Cronenberg's crash. Yeah. Like, that's when it starts to like, you know, that's when it just becomes like, what are we doing? What is the point of this? What do we gain? As a as a film goer, as a society, what do we what is the benefit of this? How are is how it... is this making anyone happy? Yeah. I don't I'm know. I'm sorry I'm so mad. I've never been like uh, it's like it sucks. So, um Transformers is the story of <laughs> Sam Witwicky. Sam Witwicky. A teenager who gets caught up in a war between the heroic Autobots and the villainous Decepticons. Two factions of alien robots who can disguise themselves by transforming into everyday machinery, primarily vehicles. The Autobots intend to retrieve and use the AllSpark, the powerful artifact otherwise known as a cube, that created the robotic race that is on Earth to rebuild their home planet, 
Cybertron, and end the war. While the Decepticons have the intention of using it to build an army by giving life to the machines of Earth. I read that directly from Wikipedia because it was going to be difficult for me to try and parse that into my own words. Totally uh, and I fair. think that was the right thing to do. And Yeah, it's it's weird. I feel like when we watch a movie like Transit or the Hong Sang Soo movies, yeah, like our intellectual brains turn on to um, try and like unwrap the mysteries and intellectualize yeah. them and that kind of thing. And, and our benefit of a doubt is, I feel like, at a greater like you know, because I feel like some of these movies, um, if you're not uh, looking at them in a positive life can come off as uh, obtuse or like yeah. in, or um, inscrutable. And I feel the I am much more charitable to a Christian pet salt because I feel like I am in the hands of someone who is clearly trying to make a pointer. I guess or, it's a uh, matter of trust almost that they're yeah. going to lead you in this direction that's going to surprise you or kind of challenge you. Mm-hmm. I'm so confused watching Transformers. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what any of this shit means. I have the same problem when I watch the um, Avengers. It's like all of like the weird like space items that they have to get their hands on to like save the world with. It's confused. Yeah, I can least, watch like... the slow cinema and like be fully invested and get and kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Even I feel so dumb watching these because I'm like I don't I can't wrap my head around any of this stuff and yet it's like also like the most it's like simultaneously like convoluted and overly complex and terminally bloated like bloated to the point of like uh almost unwatchable and yet it's like at the end of the day you boil it down and it's just straight up the stupidest like good person it was it, I yeah it was cube. i need to get a cube it was about nothing about a cube it's- yeah, is about and a boy cinema. and a boy is a boy in his car. Yeah, a boy being like a, an annoying boy, a boy, an, who, a truly annoying boy. A, a boy. He were introduced to this person by him hawking his like relatives, like his family's heirlooms, like trying to auctioneer it in like his high school class. Just demented. No That's... wonder the jocks hate him. Yeah, I'd no want to shove him in a locker too. Yeah, I'm surprised his father doesn't shove him in a locker. Like, truly, I, I will yeah. say that, like, uh, Kevin Dunn poor and Kevin. Julie White, poor, two great actors just doing Straddled. the best they can. Straddled with this Straddled. bullshit. They are, like, holding, like, like Atlas. They are carrying yeah. this movie on their shoulders. <laughs> Sam Witwicky is, of course, played by Shia LaBeouf in his... Yeah, Padre Pio. Uh, Padre Pio. Um... <laughs> You know, I guess he was on some Disney show that kind of got him known, but I would argue that this is his um, kind of breakthrough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, even he was on Even Stevens. I remember that. That was like, yeah, because like, you know, Even Stevens, yeah. just, a, just a kid being wacky, one of those type of things. Regardless of the foibles and trials and tribulations that have kind of followed his struggles in yeah. being a child star and trying to be an adult adult actor and director whatever yeah, all, all his chicanery legal shit his clear yeah. issues with alcohol yeah. all of these things um i don't get it <laughs> why <laughs> like he's, he's, <laughs> he sucks 
Yeah, yeah. like he's annoying as shit. He sucks. He sucks. Yeah. He's so yeah. bad. He's just like I yeah, I he is one of those guys who are like I think like and he's always been just full of shit. Like remember when um he like directed like a short film and he ripped off a bunch of stuff like yes. it was Yeah, I think he, yeah. And I then think he he's... had his like, and then he like apologized for that by doing an art installation where he like he would cry in a room in front of you. It's you so could, like, it's such anything to him. Fake, fake ass bullshit. Yes. Like there's no real art there. Yeah, like he lied. He lied about like the Honey Boy is such an insane. Like we won't go into that one, but like yeah, and, he, and yeah, this guy even even like I mean like, he's on the cake is that he's abusive and sucks. Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it's even like we haven't even touched that like whole. Yeah. It's like, just like I don't see what people. I don't yeah, know what I don't know what Spielberg and Bay saw. Mm-hmm. It's like this is our guy. This is the. They claim he was next Tom fucking Hanks. Uh, it's it's <laughs> funny. Like you see people like getting mad about Chris Pratt, right? Or like that, like he's annoying, or Chris Pratt sucks, or and he does. Chris on Pratt's harmless though. Yeah, but like compared to like. Shy, like we were in a dire. Like, and we need truly, star. Like, well, yeah, that's like we're... a lot of this movie. A lot of these people, because I mean, also in the cast, this guy Josh Duhamel, Duhamel, another who one plays who the I'm army out. guy. Who um, nothing wrong with him. I've never done anything wrong in real life, but as far like, as I. Like, he's kind of bland. Like, just kind of bland. Like, what if Johnny Knoxville was boring? Yeah, he's just like, kind of boring, and like. Tyrese Gibson, who plays his partner, who's basically doing a very similar thing that he does in um, the Fast films, except in the Fast films, he gets to be goofier and yeah. Ludacris is a funner person for him to he, play he off of. He has like a fun, yeah. In this movie, he doesn't have like really anyone to play off of. I think that like, it's, what's interesting is like there isn't like a person in this movie like like Glenn Powell in Top Gun Maverick who like immediately like oh this guy like the fifth lead he pops. Yeah. Like there isn't one or like we talked about even in like White Squall or like some of the, like the guys in group movies like Black Hawk mm-hmm. Down or something like Black Hawk Down like Eric Bana shows up like who the who is this guy? Even like Bad Boys 2 has guys like that where you're like, you know, like they for example, like in Bad Boys 2, they have that basketball player who plays the tech expert. And you're like, what is going on here? What's this? Yeah, John story? Sally. Yeah, he's yeah, like fun and so, interesting. Yeah, it's so fast. Yeah. And there's just nothing. No one pops in this movie. No one. There's not even no. like the usual like. Other, other, I, I think guys. there actually is one person who pops, and I think it's unfortunate because of the way they are portrayed. And I think, I think that my favorite performance in this movie is actually Megan Fox she as is, Michaela. Yeah. I think she's like got a genuine like star quality, a charm, comic yeah. timing. She's obviously gorgeous, but I mean, yeah, that's that's, like, like, that's the issue is nobody was ever able to see mm-hmm. with her beyond. Her physical yeah like michael bay kind of put her in this you know zone and it was been difficult for her to like get terribly difficult it. i mean if yeah. you've seen the film uh, jennifer's body she's phenomenal yeah. yeah and that's a movie that was hated when it was released it's and a I great like, movie yeah terrific and i movie. feel very terrific and i feel like part of why that movie was hated was because it was like a backlash against like both her. uh her and Diablo Cody. I think they both yeah. had like a uh, yeah. I think it was just which of course is like terrible misogyny, yeah, the, and sexism, which yeah. root and she's like got like such a, like an easy. She's got a really easy charm. Like it's not a forced charm. 
yeah. in this movie. And it's a star-making turn, but everyone, all the gr- gross schools in Hollywood and in the press all only saw one side of it. Yep. And it's really unfortunate because yeah, I, uh, I don't yeah. think she can come back from it. I don't. No, I mean, just the way like these things work. Well, and the good news is she's at least like you know I saw her in like the Expendable Fours trailer. Yeah. For better or for worse. Although it is like something very telling that like yeah you have this movie with like fucking septuagenarians near nearing octogenarians. Yeah, Stallone's then, closer to eighty than he is seventy. Yeah, and then and then. And Megan Fox, and it's like, okay, that's just how the world works. That's fair. I get it now. Yeah, yeah, that's this puts things in stark, uh, in a stark light that I now understand. Because yeah, you don't see Jane Curtin hanging out with uh, the Expendables. I know. It's like, how about like Sally Field as one of the Expendables? That would be fucking sick. I'd like to see like... it. I want to see 80 for Brady with all of them, except they have to go on a mission, like, and they get guns and stuff like yes, that. Yes, have. Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin like headbutting people. Yes, I want I want uh, Rita Moreno to break break someone's neck in between yeah. her legs. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like this is like audiences want to see this. Yeah. This is this is the kind of movie that brings people like my mother and people like me together as cinephiles. In exactly would, what we want to see. <laughs> could solve so many issues like world peace. You, you you give Candace Bergen a bazooka. Yes. You see what happens. You see yes. what happens. Have, I can I see have... it though. They'd fumble around with it, accidentally <laughs> fire it the wrong way, and blow something up. It would be great. Yeah, you know? it's, like nothing, it's it's like opening up a thing of mascara. You know, have have Tyne Daly just gouge a man's eyeballs out. That would be fun. Eight, 81 for Brady for a few dollars more. Make it happen. Rhea Perlman is an expert with knives. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, they're all saving Danny DeVito. Yeah. Like That's Danny the- like Danny gets kidnapped. Like you like like Bruce Dern is like yes. Bruce Dern like helps them like he's the one guy and he sets them up with just weapons. He's like he's like he's he knows where to get weapons. He here here's the okay, here it is. It's he's like the Bosley and they're like they were like the Charlie's Angels in like the sixties or seventies and they have to come back in. It's like a red situation where they're coming yeah. back in for one more job. I love Maybe it. And good yeah, globe trot all over the place. One yeah, one last job. Love it. One last job. Yep. Oh, and their kids get kidnapped. Yeah. Instead of Danny or their husbands, kids or their husbands, which one? Either way, yeah, I like husband. husband, so husbands, husbands is kind of fun. Hus- I think husbands is like if we want to go full comedy, kids, if you want to like have a little heart in there. Yeah, I do love the idea of like, I love like Hell, the idea of like that's part one and two. We yeah. gave them two, we gave them Netflix, it's two movies for you. Come on, two. Netflix, Tubi, any of these companies. We're not this crossing, like- we're not crossing the picket line, but when the picket is over, you can have that. Oh, yes. Must. from the we academy can, academy to you and, and we could like yeah we're, we're we could write that in like two days yeah yeah i just need to watch the i need to watch the expendables one once and i'll be ready to go yeah. 80 for brady meets the expendables there's a the movie yeah there we go so yeah we get this right so basically this movie's filled with young actors who are not really like top tier 
<laughs> and a bunch of character actors at the end of their ropes who are just like swinging for the fences. Oh, they're just John, trying to John Voight. Asking John Voight to ta- explain the all spark is the funniest thing. Like, you see the look on his face. I don't know what I'm talking about. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, this is like the era of John Voight. So it's like, because this is like, I feel like the last time John Voight was like in like respectable cinema. Mm-hmm. Like, you thought that he was going to have kind of a resurgence post Ali, but that did not pan out. Yeah, he's just, uh, it's it's insane. But I mean, yeah. the guy, Anthony Anderson screaming. For the entire movie, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like the scene where his uh, okay, this guy, uh, this is it's the one time I laughed out loud in theaters, and I laughed out loud again. The scene where his DDR playing cousin uh, tries to evade the FBI and runs through the screen window, the 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 the, 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 the glass window, the glass door rather, the screen door. It always makes me laugh for some reason. I don't know why. Um. Uh, previously mentioned as the parents of Shia LaBeouf, Kevin Dunn, and Julie White, the two biggest idiots <laughs> in weird. movies. Although, uh, very nice of them to be like, don't talk to the police. Like, they have their sons yeah, back. They have their sons back. Uh, there is a scene in this movie in which Shia has to go back into the house to, like, retrieve these spectacles. Don't ask. Uh, of, and his parents are like, where have you been? You've been out too late. So it turns into this, like, teenage comedy, but also he has to hide transformers from his parents who are like <laughs> hiding around like the chimney of his house like Optimus Prime is like don't let the parents know we're here like it's the Fuck stupidest Get out of here. hated it 20 years ago I, I hate it now I want to turn Optimus Prime into a fucking toaster I want to I, I want to get Bumblebee and I want to turn him into a panini press it, it's it's just exhausting um <laughs> I was and then for the scientists to dissect Bumblebee <laughs> Probably the saddest part of the entire movie. It is like, oh, that's like an ET ripoff too. Yeah, that entire 100%, scene. like everything in this movie. Yeah. Um, probably the character, the actor though, who I felt the most for was, of course, John Turturro, beloved Academy Academy figure. Like a just unhinged special agent major Seymour Simmons, utterly unhinged. Uh, we'll just. This pretty much sums it up. Bumblebee pisses on him with his gas tank. Sucks ass. I hate this movie. It is like, uh, that's bad. And then there's a part where, um, in the second one of these, where a an old there's an old robot, which number one, why do why? robots get old? Fucking insane. But then the old robot farts, and a um a uh, parachute comes out. Yeah. And I remember, like, I remember seeing that in theaters, and I, I felt my ghost leave. I, I was watching my body from the ceiling. I, I could, I was too embarrassed to be within myself. That's what these movies bring out in me—just utter, utter shame and almost pity. Like, I pity. Yeah. It's like you're a grown man, Michael Bay. I don't um, know. Have self-respect. I don't know. Anyway, this all leads up to the big showdown. You know how this goes. You've seen these movies yeah. before. They, uh, the... Where's my cube? I need the cube. Where's the cube? Oh, I the need the cube. Bumblebee, no. The cube. Oh. <laughs> the cube hurts. Uh, Megatron, was... no. Uh, uh, he's also in the, the Hoover cube... Dam. Was it the cube also turns like, uh, like non-robot, like non-transformer machines into transformers? Yeah. And so it's fun to see, like, uh, you know, an Xbox gets turned into yeah. a, a robot. X, naturally, anything that they could product place. Uh, the the Nokia no, Nokia cell phone. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Actually, Nokia's finished. Didn't you know that? 
Oh yeah. It's, go fuck. I'm not gonna say. I almost. Said I just give give the finger to the Zoom screen right now. <laughs> I almost yeah. I almost said some things I probably couldn't. I'd have a Seymour Simmons uh, following me if I said. Yeah, them. I know. It's it's insane. <laughs> it, they had the entire military behind them. This feels very raw, raw American too. Yeah. The Decepticons, like we mentioned, might as well be the, the war on terror. Yeah. It's Might so... as well. Oh, uh, they God. shot all over the place. Did you know that this movie reuses footage from Pearl Harbor too? Uh, that's really <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> whatever that you know, rules. That's whatever. Crazy. Yeah, that rules. I love it. Whatever, it's good now. Um, I remember. Yeah, it was like everyone knew this movie was going to be absolutely massive. Everyone was dreading it. All the nerds online like the Ain't It Cool News geeks and stuff like that were really offended by it. Who cares? At the end of the day, you don't have to watch it. It's a kid's movie. It's a cultural touchstone, but it's a kid's movie. And and there's like, yeah, and like man, you know, I loved Slop when I was a kid. Like, I loved all the prequels, unironically, Mm -hmm. as a child. Like, you know... This movie is designed for people Sam Witwicky's age. Yes, or it's not much made or much younger. Actually, much younger. Yeah. Uh, it premiered in uh, Korea, in Seoul, Korea, June tenth of oh, two thousand of two thousand seven. They um, had a bunch of premieres all over the place. They went for charity in Rhode Island. That went to children's hospitals. Um, marketing was everywhere, obviously. <laughs> to the point where Michael Bay directed tie-in commercials for General Motors, Panasonic, Burger King, and Pepsi. Wow. Uh, this was a full-court press. Also, the biggest product placement in this movie is obviously the fact that every General Motors car is the cars that become good guy Transformers. Oh, yeah. Very rah rah rah. Very rah 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 rah. Yeah. Boy in his car. The movie was yep. released uh, officially on naturally july 3rd 2007 just put that right into our veins fourth of july weekend yeah biggest movie of the summer um (laughs) absolute like smash (laughs) like smash it (laughs) on a budget of 150 to 200 million it made 709.7 million uh, you know, um, the fr- guy who plays the friend of uh, Sam Woodwicky mm-hmm. is the Miles. Kid. Yeah, Miles. Oh, the everyone's favorite character, Miles. You know uh, who his he... dog is too? Mason the Mastiff, Michael Bay's dog, what? making a cameo in the movie. Oh, is it? Wait, is it the same dog that ruined uh, Martin Lawrence's iconic pull? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he always puts his dogs in his cameos because he's he, Michael Bay. One thousand percent refers to himself as a dog dad. <laughs> I don't have children; I have dogs. <laughs> oh God, you know that's there's something kind of fun about like a grown man to uh, actually. No, maybe it's sad. I don't know, but uh, but uh, yeah, the guy who plays Miles, he was also the the kid in Elephant that was told to stay home. So maybe this is a stealth sequel to Elephant. Who knows? Gus Van Sant's uh, <laughs> Elephant. Yeah. Ugh, boy. Um, Transformers fans were very upset with this movie. But critics oh, were a little bit nicer. 57%. Yeah. 
on Rotten Tomato, which is actually like yeah, very much surprising. higher, much higher than I expected. Yeah. Uh, while believable characters are hard to come by in Transformers, the effects are staggering and the ex- action is exhilarating. Uh, Ebert gave it three out of four. He said it's goofy fun with a lot of stuff that blows up real good. It has the grace not to only realize how preposterous it is, but to make that into an asset. Okay. Hats off to you. Whatever. That's off to you. Ian Nathan, who wrote the um, Ridley Scott book we read, said Shia LaBeouf is a smart, natural comedian who levels the bluntness of this Toy Story with ironic bluster. Okay, Ian. Ian. <laughs> Ian. Uh, it was, like, massive. Even, everyone I know, no one I know liked it. Mm-hmm. I was texting people that we were watching it. They were like, is it as bad as I remember? Everyone saw it once. Maybe some, but it has spawned seven sequels. I I always remember like the cause, like the the way I watched these the first I've only seen like the first three or maybe the this is the only one I saw this is the only one out of the group I saw and uh, audience we're gonna let you know we're not watching any of the others oh we're despite good. the yeah. fact Michael Bay directed four more of them yeah somehow them directed involved, four more of them one of them involving like the Knights Templar or something too true yeah there's also like I remember from the trailer. Mark Wahlberg becomes a character in the series, and I just remember him going, I think we just found a Transformer! (laughs) He's talking to Ted. I know. Uh, Ted! I think it's a Transformer! (laughs) Honestly, should have integrated Ted into that world. Could have happened smoothly. Um, But, uh, it's just, uh, it's just, like, I think I just, what I remember is every time I watched these movies, I was always with a group of people. We were always trying to figure out what movie we wanted to watch and we would end up like getting exasperated and be like well let's just all be sad watching the transform like we can't decide on anything else let's just watch the transformers i guess because we all like i guess can tolerate it and yeah, we i guess would never yeah because yeah, it was there yeah it really at the end of the day it was because it was there and like we hated like we hated that less than other people hated. Like, on a whole, it was hated less by all, I guess, but it was still, like, unfun. Like, it was still not good. Yeah. Not very good. Michael Bay directed a couple more Transformers after this. He also, interestingly enough, around this time period, bought, we mentioned it on our James Cameron series, bought the digital effects company Digital Domain from James Cameron and Stan Winston in 2006, sold it in 2012, and began the production company platinum dunes in 2001 which if you're a horror movie fan um basically remade everything from the 80s they did the texas chainsaw massacre amityville horror hitcher friday the 13th nightmare on elm street they also produced uh up recently um the purge series the aforementioned purge series and the quiet place films they're behind uh they also produced the uh Jack Office, Jack Ryan series. <laughs> Jack Office. Uh, Jack Office. <laughs> um, but he's still going at it. Michael yep. Bay's still out there in the world. These are insane movies. Choose to, you know, choose your own adventure. Choose at your own peril if yeah. you want to follow along this week. Like we said, we are not doing Transformers movies again. Our next Michael Bay movie is um, Pain and Gain, which I'm Ooh. pumped. That's a good... Pumped. I watched that recently again. It's a fun time. That's like his, that is his best movie, in my opinion. Uh, 
13 hours. Secret Soldiers of Benghazi is oh. to come as well. <laughs> uh, from yeah. there. Uh, if you are one of those people, though, who is like a Transformers fanatic, we'd love I, to hear from you. I'm genuinely fascinated. I will, please, give me your defense of this film. Because, like, people I'll occasionally see on Twitter, and it's usually, like, a younger uh, film heads or whatever, yeah. but, but you'll you'll occasionally see it positive. They'll be like, actually, this movie has great, like, uh, action. It's like a kinetic, there's a kinetic energy to it. And I just, I want to get into your mind. I want to see what you see. Like, I, I, I want to live in a world where I like more movies. Hey folks, the younger folks, people who grew up with these movies, these are important mm-hmm. ones to them. We'd love to hear yeah. from you. So email us at the Academy Academy Podcast at gmail.com or check with us at Twitter at the Academy um, or X as it is. <laughs> uh, next week, we mix it up. A Dash of Defoe, part two. Yes. Thrill three, Willem Defoe fix to live and die in L.A. Off Limits and Light Sleeper. We mentioned it last week. We're going to mention it again. These are not the easiest finds in the world. You may have to do a little digging. Patrick and I are getting together to watch one, if not two of them, probably, to make it easier on ourselves. <laughs> to Live and Die in L.A. is on. has a nice Blu-ray 4K that just came out from Kino Lorber, but it's not currently, as far as I can tell, streaming in any way, in any place. Mm-mm. Off Limits is off limits i think it's on youtube so that might be your best bet to yeah. find a stream of it on youtube a light sleeper luckily is on tubi there's an old dvd it can be rented that's rather easy to find week after that 2021's the last duel our final current ridley scott film it can be rented is on disc we are we are in the storm here yeah, with these films, we got it all going on. We are back from vacay, and we are in it with a vengeance. With a vengeance, some would say. Mm-hmm. So, on that note, we've gone long for Patrick. I'm done. We'll see you next week, Sam Woodwicky, on the Academy. <laughs> Don, you must find the All Spark. The fuck is the All Spark? Sounds like a cigarette lighter. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> oh hey, I just won the lottery. Oh, Patrick, no. <laughs>